0: Set, places, everybody, and action.
1: Hi, guys. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And you're listening to a very special In the Studio with Mimi Springfield. So we're very happy to have her on this very special episode. We're going to be discussing the Doom Generation from 1995. And I'm going to kick it to Mimi to tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are, what you do. I'm Mimi, in case you didn't hear it three times already from that beautiful
2: <laughs> introduction from Brittany. Um, I'm a writer. I live in South Jersey, outside the Philly area, so not like The Sopranos. For anybody who has ever asked me that question, I'm telling you right now, that's not what it's giving. Um, and I am, I'm not going to say I'm the number one Doom Generation stand like, on the eastern seaboard, but, like, near the top, probably. <laughs> like, top 20, I feel, at least.
0: Mm-hmm. Stay I feel like claim. that's safe
2: right I gotta tap in and let the people know (laughs) like but yeah that's that's pretty much it I live here I write I suffer
3: (laughs) as we all do right (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah you you mentioned you're a writer uh, and I've seen like your work has been in vogue in metro UK and I know you, mainly from the timeline. I forget when I started seeing your tweets more and more, but I was like, this girl always seems to be on it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Please, when I'm talking about nothing... (laughs) <laughs> one thing about me i'm gonna be on twitter talking about nothing
0: but sometimes it's it,
3: saying it, anything it always captures the moment every time i'm like everybody has lost their mind and then here comes Mimi, and i'm like she's the one who knows what the hell is she
2: talking about a voice of reason yeah the voice, voice
1: of good sense yeah the voice of sense
3: yeah i which i have none of <laughs> I have zero
2: of that i don't even know what that is
3: Well, in comparison, I think, you know, your tweets are probably some of my favorite to, to, to see on the timeline. And you have a pretty, I mean, amazing grasp of pop culture. So I want to ask, like, what started that love? Like, where did that stem from? Um, so to be honest,
2: I grew up in the middle of nowhere. I feel like people are always like, oh, you know, like I lived in the suburbs. I'm like, no, you don't understand. If you left my hometown, you could drive 15 minutes in one direction and be like in Philly in the city. Or if you left going the other way, you wouldn't see civilization again for like... (laughs) 30 to 40 minutes (laughs) you know what I mean like yeah literally carved out of nowhere like if you drive out of my town in one direction there's a swamp type beat so like (laughs) just nothing going on but what I did have a was like very young parents who had like graduated high school had me immediately after so they were like in their 20s raising me so you know in the 90s they were like up on what the tea was like what was hip the movies and the music but then i also because they were young had access to the internet really young and obviously that gives you any and everything that you could possibly have like even back then so i think that's just like really where it came from where it developed from was just like having access to all this stuff that i thought was so cool and that like wasn't happening anywhere near me so like all the movies that i love are very like explosively kitschy and you know in your face josie and the pussycats type stuff doom generation obviously just this like these depictions of like how insane and like fun the world is and i think that's what really draws me to pop culture is like i love pop music i love things that are like silly and campy and kitschy and stupid and fun because that's the world that we live in you can make anything of it that you want and those people choose to make like fun shit
1: And with that in mind, like, what do you consider some of the films that, like, formed, like, your, like, love of cinema? Like, what were some of those formative films?
2: Definitely, um, definitely The Doom Generation and Nowhere, which comes, like, after it in the trilogy. Those are, like, up there for me because I remember... One thing about my parents, they were going to have digital cable and satellite in the house. They were like, listen, we don't have anything else going on. We need access to HBO. We got to be <laughs> tapped in and see what Tony Soprano was doing. <laughs> so like I had, um, we had Sundance, the Sundance channel mm-hmm. and the IFC channel. So mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time like watching those and tapping in with stuff like Gregor Rocky with stuff like, um, Susan Seidelman's uh, Smithereens which I love also one of my favorites Josie and the Pussycats like just that kind of like so of its time but so like significant in style I guess Mm -hmm. in that way that that was the stuff that was really formative to me and that really stuck out to me Um, stuff that was like I'm not going to be one of those people who was like, I never liked mainstream movies because I was going to the midnight Harry Potter screenings with everybody else. I was tapped in, but stuff that was so um, like stuff that tapped in with subcultures like punk stuff and more like art house stuff or even with um, with the Doom generation, there's not really I don't think that it goes out of its way to necessarily be like a depiction of counterculture. I think it's just a depiction of cool people Mm
0: -hmm. and Mm -hmm. stuff
2: like that. That kind of coolness is what really, I think, drew me in. But also shout out to Goodfellas, absolutely (laughs) formative, (laughs) the <laughs> first time I saw Henry Hill, it changed my brain chemistry. So. <laughs>
3: yeah, the first time I watched that movie, I was like, this is this is a lot, but like I just can't stop looking at Ray Leona.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Real man, may he rest. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, rest mm-hmm. in peace, King.
1: As a writer, like what I'm noticing as the types of movies that are being made kind of gets narrowed down more and more into very specific genres. We keep getting more superhero movies. We keep getting more mainstream comedies, more family friendly films. What kind of movies would you personally like to see more of? What would you like to see less of? First
2: of all, let me speak as the number one advocate. Y'all probably know this from following me. I am the number one advocate of freak shit
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, just like uh-
2: weird shit in the movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I want to see just more like again, okay. I might be going top ten on the eastern seaboard for this movie at this point. I want to see heads flying for no reason, which spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the Doom Generation, I'm so sorry, it came out in uh, 1995, grow up. But like, (laughs) there's a head that flies. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so fun. Let's see more like heads flying and let's see like, I don't know, people doing weird shit. Let's Mm -hmm. see more I cut my leg off and sew a gun into it. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Yeah, but At the same time, I think that we're becoming so rigid with what the definitions of genres are. It's like if you're making a superhero movie, it either has to be like, you know, gritty Nolan's Batman or it's got to be like so zany. Nobody's going to see Ant-Man is what I'm saying. And we've (laughs) kind of narrowed down the superhero genre into either being Nolan's Batman or ant-man which nobody wants to see and so i'm like we can keep doing the comic book movies i guess if that's what y'all want to do but at least approach the genre in a new way like make it something new give us something else to talk about i feel like people think that what we got with that batman trilogy however many movies there are i'm tired i don't (laughs) was supposed to be like a blueprint but it was really just supposed to be like here's something new that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Y'all niggas can also do something else. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't have to just be this one thing. It doesn't have to be the X-Men movies I thought were great. Those like first few mm-hmm. before we started tapping in with like, you know, the Rebecca Romaine era, I yeah. thought was great. But it felt like people felt so locked into that was what a superhero movie had to be Mm -hmm. but if you look before that we've had so many different interpretations of like what this genre can be so many different ways that you can even bring one comic book to life because like the Michael Keaton Batman movies don't look like what it was when um George Clooney was Batman when Val Kilmer was Batman so like you can take all these different approaches and it just feels lazy and like a money grab so That said, my proposal is put the freak shit in the superhero movies and then everybody (laughs) is happy.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's
2: got to be about the money. Okay. But at least give me something fun and silly to look at.
3: I feel like maybe Mm -hmm. they need to blow up the boys from television to the big screen. (laughs) That (laughs) is exactly what hmm, I'm saying. The freak shit. Because that was uh, an interesting, (laughs) I don't even think the octopus, I forget, what is it? The deep? Trace uh, Crawford. Yeah. Uh, When he, I guess, had relations with the octopus or the the squid. I can't remember which, which, you know, sea creature it was, but he was, you know, going through it. But I don't even think that was the worst thing. Everybody kept saying that was so awful. And I was like, well, what about the... Superhero that be going into people's orfs right <laughs> exactly like the that's
2: the freak shit yeah yes. again spoiler alert if you haven't seen the boys grow up yeah get like, it. that's the freak shit that we need to see yeah and I feel like and we can obviously tap into this a little later too with the movie but I feel like we're seeing people try to bring freak shit to the screen I'm not gonna say any names but try to bring it to a small screen look I'm trying to get employed so I don't want to say any specific things, <laughs> okay. but but like doing it in a way that has no point of view and no depth so it's like no I don't want to watch that no yeah. I'm not watching the mm-hmm. idol stop asking me
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's that's happening I forgot I, I, almost, I almost forgot <laughs> did was- not watch it and I have no reason mm-hmm. to watch it but now from what I'm seeing just looking at steals it looks like it's trying to invoke this grittiness like this feeling this perversion and i don't mean perversion mm-hmm. in a derogatory way but like this feeling without putting the heart into it like it exactly. is artificial yeah like exactly. you're not real
2: right it feels like like a costume and again Mm -hmm. like we can tap in with that later but when you look at the work of like Greg Araki you look at like John Waters you look at you know Larry Clark Harmony Corrine there there's like a authenticity there Mm -hmm. of like not just because they were the first people necessarily to do the things that they did because they were and are pioneers but because they were living and creating so authentically to like we're making this because this is what we know what we've seen what we've experienced and not just like I'm making this to shock you
0: yeah we're gonna have a
2: scene where you know we come on her face because then people will like you said it'll invoke the shock and it'll make people talk and write about it like that's not what that's mm-hmm. supposed to be
3: yeah yeah and I think too like if you look at the like the directors and and things that you mentioned I feel like you you like, they almost take it as, like, this is normal, like, real life, where you can get, you can, you. I feel like when you talk about Sam Levinson, or he, he just wants the attention so bad. <laughs> he, right. He needs the validation so bad. He's like, I'm going to show you some fucking crazy shit. I was like, just be weird on your own. Like, that's right. That's the
2: thing. Like, just make first of all, like, not for nothing, you're rich, your dad is famous, like you can make whatever Mm -hmm. you want. And so it's again not to say that just because he's rich and famous, he can't make like, you know, exploitation and like write about drugs and make stuff that that's great, but it's just vapid. It has no depth to it. It has no sense of like really purpose in story, to be honest. Because even with what we know about the idol from not watching it sorry to Idle Hive, I'm not, I'm, really I'm not doing that, but, like, <laughs> what is the story supposed to be? Because it definitely isn't giving, like, you know, she's suffering and becoming empowered, it's given like, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if we made a show where we came on her face? Like, what, yeah. what is that supposed to do as I a mean... viewer?
3: there's a what genre the for that there's an industry for that if you want to make Listen, <laughs> movies like that
2: <laughs> and you can tap in very easily
3: yeah I don't know why you need to go and drag us all into it
2: okay. <laughs> to be exactly because now every time I open my HBO max max whatever so I'm not calling a streaming app by a grown man's
3: name Maxine I've been calling her Maxine
2: <laughs> please but every time I open it it's like the idol now available leave me alone <laughs> i am a woman of a certain age yeah
3: tired and i felt like too with euphoria um because it's teenagers you could do a little bit more like this is some weird shit because teenagers do be going through some weird shit but this just seems like i don't know it just seems like bored coke dreams (laughs) right (laughs) it just seems
2: like oh i like want to have cocaine on okay (laughs) That's fine. I watched Rock of Love, too. There was plenty of cocaine on that show. It was fine.
3: A good old classic. The VH1 pantheon of reality television. They don't
2: make them like that anymore.
3: Mm.
2: With the surreal life, especially. Not for nothing. All those people were going through it. But they were also, like, Mm. down to their last 11 cents. And they were spending (laughs) nine of it on crystal meth. You know what I mean? Like, they were really going through it on that show. They needed that vh1 check really bad and they were acting insane <laughs> and people don't authentically act insane like that anymore because now no. they're like i need to rehabilitate my image i want to do this reality show so that i can also get an oscar later and have a million followers on instagram and unfortunately that's not going to happen if you're Vern troyer may he rest riding a scooter around the surreal life house like that's just <laughs> not going to happen anymore
3: So you mentioned that this movie, of course, was very formative to you. But I just want to ask, what about this movie particularly did you want to pick instead of like Nowhere or um, The Living End or any other of Greg's movies?
2: I, first of all, I was so, so, so excited that they um, had restored the original ending because Mm -hmm. I had never seen it. Mm -hmm. So for years, my entire life, I was just seeing that kind of like hacked up you know the ending obviously it hacked up because of what happens but like <laughs> that ending that Greg had said repeatedly was like that's not even my movie like I want nothing to do with that I wish they had never released it because it was the only thing that I had access to but for mm-hmm. this movie um in particular I just think like it's so fucking cool mm-hmm. again in a way that like movies mm-hmm. aren't anymore and I don't know I just think more people should be talking about it I feel like we talk about it in this kind of um in this arena of like you know Greg Rocky made these great movies and you know they're colorful and the neon lighting or whatever but like also they're so fucking cool just in the way that he like bends genres and the the language that he creates like all of the slang in the movie is like stuff that he came up with he was very um there was no improv on this movie no ad libs like he was like what's on the page is what's on the screen mm-hmm. kind of person and I just think there's um just such a a coolness to it again that like we don't really see a lot anymore that I think we need to celebrate more yeah and also during pride month we got to celebrate our queer brothers and sisters and yeah. their cinema and this is so important to that
3: yeah yeah I think (laughs) that brings up the the beginning of the movie which is like a heterosexual movie (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) did you ever read like the like the story behind that
3: I know he said that a producer was like if you make this like if you make a straight movie you you, I can sell it for more money which means right so he was like yeah
2: right so he was like okay I'll make a a heterosexual movie which (laughs) obviously you know
3: is slowly is that, but then it's not. Yeah, slowly and surely getting gay. Yeah, second right. to where I was just like, when are they gonna do? This? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when is it gonna happen? You're just starting sitting there like, hurry up, <laughs>
2: right? And then just like that, that tension. that mm-hmm. like, Oh God, I love this movie. Yeah. the tension is like not even just. It's so palpable between like James and Jonathan. Oh my God, George and Jordan and X. Oh, so. but then also like the visual tension is there like one thing I really really love about Greg and about his movies is the way that he shoots intimacy Mm -hmm. and not just like sex but like actual interpersonal intimacy like one of my favorite well two of my favorite parts in this movie are um after Jordan and Amy is it after they fuck and he she kisses his chin I think it's like the morning after in that first hotel room mm-hmm. and there's a close r- up of her like kissing his chin or maybe it's him kissing her
3: oh right before mm-hmm. the guy storms in yeah right. I wound that a couple and times
2: then, <laughs> right and then after they have the threesome when Jordan does the the itsy bitsy spider on X's shoulder mm-hmm. that's so like silly but it's so intimate and so like such a real depiction of like intimacy and the way Mm -hmm. that people are with each other you know not even just around sex but like when you're comfortable with each other the way that you might not kiss on the lips you might kiss you know their temple or their eyelid or like when um when jonathan buys the the belt buckle and he's showing them the little 3d thing and it's that close-up of the belt buckle with like james's hand and then yeah the little happy trail above the belt buckle (sighs)
3: there were so many times I was like let me just pause this for a second
2: (laughs) listen he knew what he was doing I was what like nine the first time I watched this movie and I Mm -hmm. was like girl what is that
3: (laughs) I was like let me pause that was actually gonna be my next question was when did uh, how old was everybody when they first watched this movie
1: so you said you were nine
2: I want to say like nine or ten maybe
1: when did you watch it Brittany The first time I've, like, ever seen this movie was maybe last year. Really? Um, Because it was hard to find. And I was doing a rewatch of some movies from, like, this era. Because, like you, Mimi, I was raised on, like, Sundance and IFC. So those movies from, like, the mid to late 90s were movies that I love like those that have like this kind of feel or movies that I like watched over and over again right. um so I was looking for movies from about this time and then I came across this one and I was like oh I've never seen this one and the only other movie that i would seen at this point besides nowhere was Mysterious Skin mm. and I was not in the mood to rewatch that I never I had that say, particular very time different. <laughs> I was like oh very no no different. no we're not doing this yeah so I found a copy on like YouTube and I was like okay let me check this out and I was like oh okay this is different and like I know James Duval from like May um mm. which is a movie I loved in my like early teens like I Greek love cinema. May Um, (laughs) he was so cute in that, and I was like, Oh, okay, like this is my guy, so right, (laughs) my man,
3: my man, my
2: man. (laughs) But you know what's funny? That well, wait, first of all, Ashley, when did you first see it?
3: I watched this when I was in college. Um, shout out to uh, the late great Mega Video for holding me down throughout the summer of 2010. Um, I probably saw this on Tumblr. I know, um, a lot of people. And I think Greg has even said that he knows that people have seen like clips and uh, stills from this on Tumblr. And that's how they oh. end up watching it. Cause he, he read some letterbox reviews <laughs> and he saw one and was like, fuck Tumblr for convinced, trying to convince me that this is a movie I shouldn't watch. Please. He was like, that's fair. <laughs> he's like, I know. He's like, I'm not on social media like that, but I know that Tumblr is kind of the gateway for a lot of people for this movie. And yeah. that was kind of, I think that's probably what I was. Um, that's probably how I found this movie and I remember also I watched Mysterious Skin in that time too and that was because I was going through a Joseph Gord Levitt thing unfortunately weren't we know. all you know that mm-hmm. one summer where there was back to back bangers and I was like let me tap in to uh, what my boy has been doing since Star Rock from the Sun <laughs> I was gonna say he had, a, he
2: had kind of a crazy run there around that like mm-hmm. 2010 era because it was what like 500 days of summer um inception like inception and then like um well obviously mysterious skin was earlier but just that like yeah looper i think
3: thousands yeah yeah and then like the hit
2: record thing like yeah Mm -hmm. didn't he have was he releasing music at that point too
3: i can't remember i remember he was doing I think he was doing just a lot of stuff with hit record, which also included music, but he might've, it was, he was doing a lot. Like he yeah. was, he was the, uh, I guess the white boy of the month for, before. For a couple years. Yeah. yeah. He was
2: going back to back like Drake. Like yeah. it was him, it was him and Michael Sarah neck and neck. Yeah. Oh, for a yeah. really
3: long time. Yeah. And then he kind of, I don't know what he started doing after that, but he hasn't been as, I guess active, at least in where I have noticed his Yeah, movies, I, don't think, I don't
2: remember the last time I saw him.
3: Yeah, everything. it's it's been a minute, but he um yeah, that's how I got sucked into the mysterious skin uh universe. And I didn't realize that was Gregoraki because it's a lot different from it's so different. It's, it's like different, monally, but it... it feels different, but then it also feels kind of the same because we were talking about now apocalypse because Britney watched uh that first episode I watched the whole season like last year just mm. out of boredom and I was like there are some there's some like thematic things here there's some like you know the use of aliens and, and random See, so moments. I didn't
2: I didn't watch it so how do you guys feel like you know having seen because you said you watched the whole season right how mm-hmm. did you kind of feel about it overall I,
3: I could not tell you really what happened in this season. <laughs> there's just a lot that happens and I don't know because it there's that's no fair. like real plot it's just like random things that happen so it feels kind of like totally fucked up where it's just kind of like loosely kind of like hot people <laughs> doing <Right>. things <laughs> That's fair. no that's fair yeah and um i could not tell you what happened but i remember being like well i like looking at Avenjokia. Yeah, so let me just also continue. fair yeah that's also fine very fair yeah but at the end i feel like it was supposed to go for like maybe Greg had another like season in mind or something, but obviously that Mm. got cut short, but yeah, it was just a bunch of random things happening. And I was like, all right, cool. We here. (laughs) So let's get into some backstory on the movie. So I have like a little bit of notes here and there. Um, Basically like bits and pieces of like what I got from, from Greg and how they made this movie, I guess, like what they were, going for which we can talk about um so I think we mentioned this earlier but it's kind of I don't even know how official this trilogy is I feel like it's like pretty (laughs) like Greg mentions it himself I think
2: they Um, play like fast and loose with it I feel like Like, they're movies that go together but in terms of story you're not like one two and three like yeah it's mm -hmm.
3: not the lord of the rings or whatever (laughs) but it's it's greg's teenage apocalypse trilogy so i think the first one was totally fucked up Mm. um doom generation and then nowhere so totally fucked up and the doom generation are on criterion channel right now and nowhere i'm assuming nowhere is going to be on there one day by the end of this year because they are in the middle of Um, restoring it. So it'll be available soon. Greg seems really excited about it. So I'm I'm assuming that it's not on the Criterion Channel right now Because he wants it to be The way he wants it to be And they're respecting that That's what I'm assuming um, But he also said that he wanted this movie To be like Last Tango in Paris But for teenagers Which I have not seen The Last Tango in Paris So how do, ha, have you
1: guys seen that movie? Like how can you What do you think? <laughs> the last time I watched that I was like 12 Right okay. I was going
2: to say It's been many years And I, I think that I was for sure Too young to be watching it <laughs> I remember here's the thing I remember in high school I went to um like a performing arts high school and I was a year younger than everybody so I think I was 13 starting freshman year and I remember hearing like my 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 acting my drama teachers or whatever reference it and being like what is that (laughs) like what are you talking about Mm -hmm. and then watching it and being like why are you talking to me about this I'm
3: 13 (laughs) I've never seen the movie. I've heard about it. I've heard enough about it to be like, I don't know about that one, bro. but <laughs> I'm a little nervous about that one. But yeah, this is, I guess, cause Greg went to film school. I forget where, um, somewhere in California. Um, and he watched a lot of classic movies and so that has Mm -hmm. informed his work even though it might not seem like it but that's where he gets a lot of his inspiration from and so I'm assuming that's where he uh took the Last Tango in
0: Paris
2: (laughs) right (laughs) and I think like not necessarily thematically but like there are things that you can see are not maybe direct references but that are relational to Mm -hmm. Last Tango in Paris Mm -hmm. like You know, something again, no spoilers for either, even though they've been out for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Please watch them. But like, there are scenes in Doom Generation where you can say, okay, I see how he would be like, oh, this is just like what happened in Last Tango in Paris, or Mm -hmm. like this kind of, you know, where you can draw those lines on a whiteboard kind of thing.
3: Right, right. There's the big thing that we've talked about, which is the cuts to the movie um so if you have any version of this movie that was not released before like or if you have any version of this movie that was released before 2023 throw that in the trash (laughs) greg Greg does not want you to have it he wants you to not watch it he does not consider that to be his movie he considers this 4k restoration to be like the movie with all Mm -hmm. of the stuff that he wanted in it all the scenes um because i guess they he like they intentionally shot it to be like unrated or I guess x-rated mm. or however but I guess when they submitted it to the MPAA now MPA um, they kind of felt like almost insulted <laughs> by it that's what he was saying in this q and I watched where you know there's a there's a lot of sex but you don't really see anything from right. the sex and they are just like Basically, like, you're insulting our intelligence. So keep willing, whittling it down until it's, like, an R-rated version. And also, um, I'm not sure. I guess maybe the studio, whoever was financing, it was, like, if we cut it down to an R, we can sell it to Blockbuster. Right. So um, we can get that rental, that sweet rental money. <laughs>
2: Please. They needed those dollars. <laughs> the way they were Which, spending money in the 90s just I doing won- anything.
3: I wonder if this – I mean, I never – I wasn't old enough probably to – to have seen this movie in a blockbuster it might have been there I just didn't really yeah
2: I was gonna say I don't I don't think I would have recognized I mean this came out when I was what two but so <laughs> you know yeah and they're doing reaching for my toes Like, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah I would have been like a heavy blockbuster user when I was like with my mom or whatever and like maybe like 98, 99. So, depending on if this is still on the shelves, right. that was kind of what they did. And, you know, he was furious. So, he does not want you to watch any version. If you've seen it on YouTube, forget that because a lot of people, too, they've watched this movie like in that way, like either on YouTube or some old, old version from like i don't know maybe like some dvd version or some right. old vhs and they're all like yeah i watched it it was a great movie and then they watched this version and they're like i don't remember any of that <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's funny i remember um
2: because you know for years you couldn't really access it you could buy like the dvds but i just didn't but like if you were watching it illegally on the internet there would be like a like a card at the top that was like this version sucks please seek out the unrated version yeah but like otherwise girl I guess enjoy (laughs) (laughs) which I always thought was like I mean again I don't own the dvd so I don't know if that is I would assume that's what's on the dvd version I don't think anybody made that card specifically to upload it to pirate sites but I think that that is so it's so I love that Greg is standing by his art in that way, is what I'll say. Mm -hmm. That way of him repeatedly being like, yeah, that's the version that came out, but fuck them kids, like, (laughs) fuck that cut, you know what I mean? For Mm -hmm. him to have stood by it for so long and repeatedly said, like, this cut was, you know, had a direct impact on, like, the integrity of my project and what I wanted to say and what I wanted to do. And to stand by it long enough for, you know, now almost 30 years later, we're getting this beautiful restoration first of all the colors are gorgeous Mm -hmm. yeah stunning restoration of his original work I think that's so great
3: yeah and I know he said that um they have like gone through with all the colors and like pumped them up and they also had to do some like audio fixing like they were like it took them a really long time from what I gathered like he was going through it with like a fine two comb (laughs) basically like this is exactly how I want it I will not be compromising on that and I think that's really great because I think nowadays I don't know if anybody's really standing by their art like that right. <laughs> ten toes down.
2: It, it feels so much more like transactional now it's just like okay like y'all got it whatever y'all edit whatever y'all put out is what y'all put out mm-hmm. so um yeah I think it's it's really cool that he got to have this version of a movie that is already so beloved mm-hmm. which has to be crazy right for you to be like that's not the movie I made, it looks like shit, like, they cut everything I loved, I worked really hard, I hate it, but for it to be so loved by so many people, like, I think that's great.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think he mentioned that, too, in the Q&A, where he was like, I mean, shout out to that version for keeping the movie alive, right, (laughs) but also, like, I didn't really fuck with that version, and I think, too, he asked for some sort of, like, what you said with the card, I think he asked for something like, this isn't the, the director's like, so I don't know, like this was supposed to be X or something like that. Yeah. And they, it's like on the DVD, but like really, really small.
2: <laughs> so yeah. they just
3: kept fucking with him the, the entire time. And Which I mean, is crazy. yeah, for him to still like, want to even be involved in the film industry, I would be right. like, fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm not for doing real? nothing else. Yeah. Cause that's pretty traumatic for somebody to just come and hack at your Your ideas and all the hard work you had, and and And
2: especially like for the content that was cut out, like especially with the with the ending, Mm -hmm. um, I think for that stuff that felt more obviously uh, like conversational and like more of a commentary, for Mm -hmm. that to be the part that's cut out is crazy to me because it's like, what was the point of releasing the movie then? Really, I love it, I'm grateful, but what is the point of cutting out like what's really the crux of the movie about you know like oppression and like what becomes of people who are living their authentic self in America like why would you cut that out
3: I know why they did it we had a little discussion about the MPA or whatever they are now and how they just like to hack at things or kind of condemn things from a very like extremely conservative point of view yes we we talked about um the incredibly true adventure of two girls in love which i am still editing at this moment um but they gave the uh they gave the movie like they were gonna like penalize the movie or give it some weird rating based on the fact that the girl was laying on her girlfriend's stomach they're both fully clothed Mm -hmm. and she like runs a hand down her girlfriend's stomach just, mm. like, absentmindedly, and they were like, no.
2: <laughs> Fucking crazy.
3: Yeah. I was like, that is not even the worst thing you could watch it in, in a movie in the mid-90s. <laughs> right. The serious. And it's also, like, like you said,
2: they do absolutely come from a very conservative standpoint. But it's also, like, first of all, in 2023, I feel like a, a rating is... What really is it anymore? You know what I mean. Like at this point, you can access anything you want at any time on the internet. By you don't even have to sit in front of your computer anymore. You can do it on your phone. So, I guess to have a guideline of like, yeah, you should take your six year old to see this, or yeah, maybe not. (laughs) But other than that, what the fuck is the difference between like, oh, it's an R versus it's unrated? Like, who cares? Yeah, who cares if there's titties in the movie or not? uh, (laughs) Especially if you're old enough. If you're old enough to pay that $57 for a movie (laughs) ticket anymore, (laughs) you're old enough to see nipples on the screen. Let's get serious.
3: Yeah, there's, like, now there's, like, an actual, like, monetary (laughs) disparity between who can see this movie versus who can't. Because usually, you know, when I was younger, if I paid my little $5, I could go see whatever. But (laughs) now now, I got to think about it.
2: Right. And it's just even, like, with a movie like this, again going back to what i said earlier greg is so great at depicting intimacy and like even now don't get it twisted like there's gonna be sex there's gonna be fucking and sucking but like it's not (laughs) shot in a way that feels vulgar you know what i mean all the sex in this movie like not that sex has to have a purpose in a movie but in this movie it very much has a purpose it it is central to the plot and it doesn't at any point like I don't know again because I love freak shit. I don't think I've ever felt uncomfortable watching a sex scene or whatever, mm-hmm. but in this for sure it just doesn't there's no part of me that's ever like, oh, this is a lot for the screen like. Yeah. It's it's fine. It's yeah. just a story mm-hmm. in a movie.
1: I was reading a review of this film by Roger Ebert at the time. So, he did not like this movie. A hater. Um, he <laughs> was upset by it and it wasn't like the content of the movie it was more sort of geared toward its attitude Mm -hmm. um so like a little later on in his review he compared the film to other films like badlands and natural born killers but he compared um he charged greg with having a deep knowledge of film but said the doom generation lacked a point of view um what do you think of that criticism and do you think that was a fair one
2: I don't think it was fair to be honest I kind of one thing I did come across in like you know doing research like you're ready for today is I found a lot of criticisms of it that said it was like pretentious and I just don't (laughs) think that that's a fair reading of it at all and again you know not to be meaning the bully, but, like, if you're not cool, just say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the movie is cool. Objectively, it is very cool in its language, in its attitude, like, visually. It's just a cool thing to watch. And to call it, I think, pretentious just kind of assigns this thing to it that I don't think is true at all. I don't think that it's a movie that approaches itself in being, like, you know, I'm smarter than you. I'm better than you in any way i just think it's like a cool movie for cool people to watch or for people who are growing up in the middle of nowhere to look at and be like this is so fucking cool and this can like inform my art later Mm -hmm. um but also to say that it lacks a point of view is crazy because i feel like it's it has such an overwhelmingly like present point of view Mm -hmm. i think that that approach to like I just I just think that's crazy. I think that there's so much in it, there's so much information and, like, context and story and care packed into it that it just feels crazy to mm-hmm. say. Like, there's not even, we couldn't even have a, you know, 30-second discussion of, like, yes, it has a point of view because X, Y, Z, because it's so overwhelmingly does. Mm-hmm. There's so much perspective in it, like, crazy as hell.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I think we were just, we just recorded an episode. Um, I'm not going to reveal which episode it was. (laughs) but We talked a little bit about um, context clues because Mm -hmm. Brittany had mentioned something in this movie that she was like is weird because they're just basically telling you the movie. Like the characters are telling the other characters the plot of the movie. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I felt that was weird. And I was like, well, we are coming up on a generation that I don't think has context like they don't know how to have context clues and what that means and how to just watch something and not be told exactly what the idea is or what this plot like being able to infer things from things that the characters do and say right without them having to spell it out for you um, if you don't do that, it's considered like a plot hole or something is wrong or they wrote it incorrectly. And so I feel like maybe that's where the pretentiousness comes from because it's not really spelled out. I mean, I, now that I've watched it a couple of times, I think I've watched it like at least two or three times this weekend just to like absorb. <laughs> and right. and I also watched Totally Fucked Up and, um, and just watched interviews and things. I was like, I think that I'm getting what he's saying. <laughs> like, right. I, it's just so... Like some of the things are so overwhelmingly like, and you hear it, like once you like really sit there and like, look at the background and like, look at some of the signage and other things that, and some of the things that the characters say, I'm just like, no, I think I, I'm, I'm getting it. <laughs> it's all tying itself together.
2: We kind of have lost our, um, I won't say the ability, but I will say that what's overwhelmingly made right now we don't really have like allegories anymore Mm -hmm. we don't really have like you know yeah this is what the story looks like but this is what's really what I'm really trying to tell you everything is so Mm -hmm. literal and part of that is because again if you're not overly literal people on the internet will be like oh, well, like that's a plot hole. Or like, oh, that's bad Mm -hmm. writing. People are so comfortable calling things like bad writing now. And Mm -hmm. speaking as somebody who will also call things bad writing, I'm (laughs) telling you right now, the fourth wall is closed when it comes to me. If my name is on it, please do not comment, text, tweet, DM me about what you think is a plot hole, about what you think that I did badly. I do not care. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just don't. I just, I think that like... uh, Audience response to a story. Obviously, we're talking about a movie that we love right now, right? So like, Mm -hmm. absolutely, as an audience, you should have like an opinion and a perspective. But that also doesn't mean that your perspective and your opinion as an audience member is the correct one. Mm hmm. You know, and there are so many things that happen between when something is written and when something is released that you can't say what happened along the way to create that plot hole, whether I did it intentionally, whether it was like a studio cut, whether you just can't say. Mm -hmm. But I say all of that to say we don't do context clues anymore. We don't do allegories anymore. We spell everything out so literally. And then we wonder why like stuff like this isn't getting made. Yeah, because you won't you won't let it because if I can't you know take four screenshots in a row for the Instagram grid and be like this is the plot of the movie then people don't think of it as like real or worthy of appreciation which is also crazy
3: yeah it uh I just I worry (laughs) I worry people just do not take the time to digest information and also Mm -hmm. I worry that people don't take the time because they don't know how to anymore especially right. for stuff like this like I don't know it's just it's very concerning the The more I like really think about it because I was like well damn like would if Greg Araki was making a movie like was he was starting out in I don't know 20 I don't know 2015 or whatever like would they let like would he be able to have made this <laughs> probably not no. which
2: is crazy
3: yeah but even stuff like um,
2: and this is especially true in the horror genre anymore is we don't do like you know cautionary tale type shit allegory type shit like we're just hacking heads off you know what i mean and it's not even to the point of like because even i think that there's again freak shit stan i do think that there's value in like your torture porn era like i love the saw movies shout mm-hmm. out to them <laughs> shout out tobin to bell shout out billy the puppet i love the all yes. movies i yes. was an eli roth head too like down oh God. i was yes. 10 toes down behind Hostel and not yes. like
3: <laughs> yes my man my
2: man my man i'm about to say he's about to yes. man my
3: man y'all about to down. have my man off <laughs>
2: please listen not many can say they were there but i got it the first time i understood mm-hmm. <laughs> but like we don't it's it's we keep kind of coming back to this it's like it's just imitation it's just like oh you know bisexual lighting on the screen it's just like oh a woman like the the things that we approach now thematically and like you know visually in horror are not living up to what was put in place for us leading up to this we're not taking advantage of like the tools and the resources mm-hmm. that were really laid out for us it's just like making money we're not doing you know uh black christmas like we're not doing yeah. you know a, a cautionary tale about like sex in college and whatever we're just not saying anything we're not saying mm-hmm. anything i guess is what it took all of that for me to say yeah. and i just wonder if we'll get back to a point where things that are visible and are supported by institutions and movies that are popular are going to say anything
3: yeah and if we're gonna get to a point where people are like wow I don't think I'm saying very much here let me revise
1: <laughs> right <laughs> I'm just tired of films ending up on endings explained YouTube Ugh. channels like babe just take time to explain it to yourself
2: <laughs> right what really like blows my shit is have you ever like watched a movie like you're in the theater or you know you've seen something for the first time and you go to google it because you're like let me you know do some research and the first auto-populated thing is like doom generation ending explained reddit
3: <laughs> yes i think when we went to, when we were uh when we saw midsummer that was probably one of the first things i was like right
2: and i'm like what, what is there to explain that wasn't ambiguous at all at all <laughs> they very much explained that they handed out cue cards in the theater like yeah. it was explained
3: yeah you know what I mean and it's like... <laughs> what that's that's why I'm worried because I'm just like right you didn't are you watching it just to say you watched it or are you absorbing what exactly they're saying, you know or even like I remember doing it um after I saw
2: the Candyman reboot mm-hmm. and I was like what is there to explain Brittany? there there is nothing here that was unexplained other than the Mm. fact that it wasn't good (laughs) Mm, explain that part please you can explain that to me but everything else what what
3: what yeah Mm. that and then you
2: the crazy thing is like you read the comments and again everybody's perspective is valid art is up for interpretation but you'll read the comments in the very reddit thread that google told me i needed to go look at and you'll be like what is anybody saying what are (laughs) y'all talking about did we watch the same movie
3: it's just stringing words along together just saying anything Mm -hmm. yeah that's the that's the criticism I think now is just stringing some words long together um you know put a period at the end hits. <laughs> and
2: sometimes they might not even
3: do that yeah just no. letters
2: in any order and they hit that
3: button. <laughs> just, just you know word salad right, for everybody literally. yeah it's it's bad it's bad um so the movie plot I don't know how like spoilery usually we get pretty spoilery but you know to guess depending depending on how we feel I guess listen I mean it's been out since
2: 1995 yeah. I know I definitely said no spoilers earlier but like it's time to get serious <laughs> Everybody- <laughs> open up fire up that uh subscription that you're paying for every month and not using to watch anything yeah and watch this
1: you could get a free trial we're not sponsored but yeah they got a they got a free trial up there. Yeah, also, come hit us
3: up too, Criterion. They give
1: you um <laughs> little gift cards. Eventually. They do. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: they they do. They're good with that. I would say, you know, this is <laughs> this is the quote of um of the episode, "Grow Up" by Mimi Stringfield. <laughs> grow up. Come grow. on, grow the hell up, <laughs> ASAP. Yeah. So the plot is. I'm gonna to try to do it without saying too much, but then we can get into it, of course. So we have two kids, two teenagers, sorry, not kids. Um, Amy and Jordan, who were at, I would say like a like a rave kind of mm. um, you know, doing drugs, moushing around, hanging out. Um, you know, they're they are together. They try to have sex in Amy's car. It does not work for several reasons, which we will talk about. And they are interrupted by a gang trying to beat up <laughs> a man named xavier aka x and you know he rides with them for a little bit before amy kicks him out of her car for saying like some of the most misogynistic shit and anything uh, just everything some words I, I was like well, i never heard that term before but okay <laughs> we reached <laughs> new depths um they stop at a convenience store where they are threatened by the shop owner for not having enough money. And X pops up out of nowhere and ends up, there's a kerfuffle. It's <laughs> crazy. I mean, that's basically what it was. Very fast cuts. <laughs> and yeah. um, the shop owner basically has his head blown off, and the kids make their getaway. And we are on a journey, a road trip, slash, I don't wanna say like, not like a cat and mouse game they're just kind of wandering but they are escaping <laughs> trying right. to escape the situation and from there it goes on so I mean that's pretty that's pretty late <laughs> it's probably not the best explanation but um I would like to ask and this probably maybe spoils a lot of it from the beginning but we like we said we are grown we're we're talking about the movie what does everybody think about the hell references <laughs> in this movie? I, I
2: love them. I think that, like, oh God, I just love this movie so much. <laughs> but I think that, A, like, the. We kind of have reached this point where references that might seem obvious are like, oh, that's so, like, oh, of course the price is 666. Of course, <laughs> like, oh, whatever. You know what I mean? But yeah. I just think they're like so fun, mm-hmm. so silly. I mean, obviously, like it it plays a bigger part in the movie in terms of like the overarching story of like their innocence and like what's going on in the country Mm -hmm. and blah blah blah. But like also it's fun. Yeah. Just make some fun Mm -hmm. shit. He's having fun. He's in a silly goofy mood like
3: (laughs) (laughs) for the summertime. (laughs) Right. Something
2: for the girls to get ready and party to.
3: Exactly. Exactly. I don't think I realized there were so many hell references until like I obviously the six six six. But then um at the end of the credits where it says like shot um on On location location in in hell hell. yeah and I was like well let me go back (laughs) let me let me let me revisit again let me take a little beat eat some lunch and go back to it because I was like well maybe this makes no sense because the opening it's red and as she says welcome to hell um Mm. it's like all this red lighting then when he wants to go have sex with Amy, Jordan says, do you want to go to heaven, which is like the rooftop? Mm. Um, also, there's references to like L.A. being hellish, which girl, I can tell you what it is. <laughs> Please. And some of the signage in the movie is like repent and pray and stuff like that, right. which I was like, you know what, he really tapped in because if you go maybe even on the outskirts of like LA proper, you will see some of them signs posted up on the overpasses, which is like, repent. (laughs) (laughs) Turn back now. Basically, there's all these signs. I don't know who's putting them up, but somebody's taking the time to go to each overpass on the 405 and the five and whatever else to put these signs up. So I was like, well, this is really, this is very LA in like a different way. I think Mm. it's not like LA monuments necessarily, but there's so many references to this like hellish landscape that I was like, oh, this is why I'm like, well, did nobody catch that in the interpretation? Right. Well, I also
2: think like, what's so interesting is I feel like people say a lot, right, that uh gen z or like whatever the current gen alpha i don't know these kids i'll just say that generally (laughs) that these kids have it worse than anybody has ever had it and like you know the the, with climate and the way the government is and we're absolutely we are in hell let's be clear Mm -hmm. but also greg as a man of a certain age is a child of like the missile crisis the cold war AIDS, like the Gulf War, Vietnam, like Mm -hmm. I think he would have been draft age. You know what I mean? So he really is kind of a child of hell, kind of a a child of a country that was awful and has been in hell. Let's keep it funky for at least four hundred years. So, like (laughs) when (laughs) when we talk about like even the title of the film, like the Doom Generation. it's up to interpretation obviously whether it is or isn't literally hell but just figuratively like yeah they kind of are in hell especially as like young people who are like exploring what sexuality means and you know obviously Mm -hmm. with uh Jordan and X like finding that the sexual and maybe this isn't something they're just finding but their sexuality might be fluid or might not fit within those lines of like heteronormativity Mm -hmm. so yeah in many ways like they are experiencing hell just because of like what the world they live in is to them and especially with like jordan and amy being so you know like obviously yeah they're on crystal meth for the entire movie but there's Mm -hmm. like a they're like naive in a way Mm -hmm. Um, there's like an innocence to them that i think is really prescient in the movie and again they they are experiencing hell they're trying to emerge as like teens as adults as people with fully formed identities and what do they do they get fucking hacked up by nazis like,
3: yeah yeah mm-hmm.
2: so yeah i do think that in many ways it's hell literally but also hell very figuratively
3: i would like to say that greg was born in 1959 um almost 1960s, like the end of uh, 1959. So he's 63 years old. So he has seen a lot, like he would have been in his formative, maybe not even formative, he would have been in his 20s during the AIDS crisis. Like that's a lot for, um, like a gay man to exactly, even to experience. have seen and yeah. still be walking around and talking and being so jovial like he is <laughs> I've right. like I've seen so much death and I mean he hasn't I haven't seen any interviews where he's talked about anybody losing anybody but just to he- hear that and and see how your government reacts to people like mm-hmm. you and, right and basically that they want you dead because I think in totally fucked up there's like a a scene where somebody's watching, like a pastor or somebody, uh, talk about how um, all these gay people coming out of the closet and right, like right. the vermin came out of the closet, mm-hmm. but God had a solution for them, and he's basically talking about AIDS. Like he's right rapturously, like thank God for AIDS. Like that is exactly, the, and that's something that you're internalizing as a person. Like you can't even feel comfortable having sex with somebody because you don't know if you're going to die like
2: exactly and to be told like not even
3: just you know
2: that you're gonna die but like to assign the morality of it right Mm -hmm. you deserve it it. it. the morality of like you deserve it or like because you're queer because you're a man who has sex with other men like you deserve you know pain and suffering and disease like that's got to be a crazy thing to experience um and and a crazy thing even to try to synthesize into your art because it's it's such a – it was such a large, overreaching issue, right? Mm-hmm. And especially there's so many layers because his experience, you know, not being white during the AIDS crisis is obviously mm-hmm. going to be very different than, like, what a white person might have experienced mm-hmm. versus even – him being in LA and like being an artist versus what somebody in the middle of nowhere who you know during the AIDS crisis might have been experiencing Mm -hmm. like a gay man who kind of didn't have access and resources and a community so it's there's so many different layers to it I think to the experience and um to the ways that his it's like informed his work
3: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it's 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 a hellish landscape out there like Mm I I don't know I wasn't old enough honestly to like internalize any of this in 1995 right. but um just to like compare like I don't know it's it's a lot like there's a lot of fascism and nazism and all that stuff like rearing its ugly heads uh, pretty mm-hmm. much minute by minute second by second but something about it just seems I don't know I feel like two, maybe the difference is that people are outright talking about it when maybe back then when he was like younger you know you're you, you feel like you're in this hellish landscape and even the the two characters like Amy and Jordan they, they said like I feel weird tonight like I don't know what it is but right. something is off and now we have like more names for it like people are outright saying this is fascism they're outright saying this is homophobia this is you know racism sexism all right. the things whereas i think back then y- you would probably maybe screaming in like a to the like the void basically like you right just especially on like, a, mm-hmm.
2: like an individual level like if you know you and your friend are out and you're both just like the vibes in here are terrible or even if you're like yeah i think these niggas are nazis like there's mm-hmm. there's not really Or there didn't used to be a way to really amplify that Mm -hmm. where now you can like snap a picture and, you know, within 10 minutes, millions of people will know that like you were in a room with Nazis, which is also kind of interesting because what we see in the movie, I feel like is obviously accurate to what you would have seen in the 90s which is like that neo-nazi era of like shaved head and like literally outright swastika you know painted on the chest on the arm whatever that kind of shit Mm -hmm. because even when I think of like obviously before the past five years when I think of like what a neo-nazi a neo-fascist would have looked like that's what I think of right Mm -hmm. the But now yeah like that very overtly like swastika imagery like down nazi Mm -hmm. down but now what we're finding is that they camouflage themselves more in like you'll see you know a nazi with an undercut in a three-piece designer suit before you'll see one literally just wearing a patch Mm -hmm. and so they Mm -hmm. kind of have found a way to camouflage themselves or like to make it alluring to make it sexy like Mm -hmm. even you know with them propping up like um tommy lauren or whatever the fuck her name is and like putting you know pretty pretty being very fast and loose with that word let's be clear let don't get it twisted if you are listening there's air quotes but like putting pretty women as like the faces of their networks and their movements in order to like allure people into like this isn't so bad because pretty people are doing it and this isn't so bad because we're just protecting families instead of that outright like say a slur paint a swastika on the wall like we're seeing more of that now and so i think there's just a funny um like just a funny kind of teeter-totter to it i guess versus us having more ability to kind of spread the information now Mm
0: -hmm.
2: versus how much they're trying to like mask it and camouflage it Mm -hmm. where in the 90s they were being so overt and like in a real context a jordan and an amy and an ex wouldn't have had anybody to tell
0: other
3: than their friends Mm -hmm. yeah because it was like well you're you're you get it (laughs) you're getting it you deserve it sorry exactly Mm -hmm. yeah also I we should talk about their names <laughs> which I didn't realize until the credits were rolling so it's Amy White, Xavier Red and Jordan Blue. Mm-hmm. Once again, the point of view seems to be <laughs> yelling at you.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, and I also think um the thing with Amy that's so interesting is cuz you don't I don't think you ever hear, like, their full names at any point
3: in the movie. Uh, you hear Amy's name from the FBI. At the, yes, finally. That's, that's the only uh, ones that you hear. Right. But then, here. obviously,
2: throughout the movie, you have those people who are like, oh, I thought you were, you know, those repeated, like, little <laughs> mm-hmm. things of, like, oh, mistaken identity. Um, which I think is also, like, so fun and so silly. But then it's also it's such a good story element because obviously she is, like, trying to figure out what identity is and you know kind of emerging mm-hmm. into a fully formed person mm-hmm. so those little things like I thought you were and oh that's my girlfriend and blah, blah blah I think those are so um just such a clever way to tell
3: that part of the story yeah yeah Brittany what did you think about their names did you know their names before we
1: watched that? I did know their names um you know I love names
3: uh-huh.
1: in general I like enjoy characters that have names with very specific meanings mm-hmm. and what they represent. Um and especially like how they represent like outsiders and how they are true Americans in this particular sense as they're being hunted down by all types of entities to be destroyed by what are considered traditional Americans. Yeah. Um right. in this particular instance or as they're on the run. Um Yeah, on this hellish hellish earth, hellish (laughs) America.
3: Yeah, so we've talked about them being hunted down, so it's like, it's kind of like the murder happens, it's like a complete accident, but um, I think also they robbed the place, which makes it less of an accident after that, but um, which are also- six
2: dollars mind you six dollars is 66
3: cents mm-hmm. like no, it's gonna get them to the next uh, destination it's gonna get them to that Carnot burger <laughs> <Just> listen they <laughs> can't have a burger and fries I wish a burger and fries cost me some damn six dollars and 66 Please. cents by now
2: not only that I wish that I could go somewhere and have somebody give me the burger with a dinosaur on their head
0: yeah mm-hmm. We're I'm sorry I love the
2: novelty of that I am so sorry to anybody who would have had to wear a silly hat like that <laughs> working fast food in the 90s I think that is so ridiculous and fun yeah I'm bring- so sorry
3: I know I want to almost to say like bring that back and I'm like oh the plight of service workers like right I them yeah there. <laughs> I don't I don't
2: want that for you but in a hypothetical world if I could have it
3: let's bring it out
2: maybe that's what we need to do with AI maybe you know if we can figure out a way to do like some augmented reality like AI you know person mm-hmm. with a dinosaur hat it doesn't have to be we don't need to replace the service industry I want everybody to have jobs and be paid a fair wage but we're going <laughs> listen if we gotta do something with like robots and digital tech I have some ideas yeah <laughs> yeah let's, what make
3: him, let's make them a little fun you know give them something little. little give little them extra. a task yeah give them
2: you know a nice hat maybe
3: yeah give them a little something extra <laughs> to set they it at all. least got
2: to put on a show if they're gonna be here
3: <laughs> so they are riding. I guess they stop at this motel that's the first thing they do so after they run out of the um the what is it called it's like a What's the place from? Do they call it a quickie mart? What do they? Yeah, call it's like it? a quick. Is it a quick stop or is it a quickie? I think it's like they, a. Is I it a quick they, stop? I feel like they literally called it like a quickie mart or something like that. Because I was like, wait, that's those don't
1: that's not exist. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, was, it's like a very snappy like.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like, like a convenience store. Yeah, is it like,
2: like is it like a stop? Stop and go. It's stop mm-hmm. and go.
3: Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, maybe that's what Jordan, maybe Jordan calls it a quickie mark, but he's, like, just using shorthand for, like, like a convenience store. Mm. I, they run out, great lighting, in this little, see, when they're running to Amy's car, and they stop at a motel um, where it's, like, all red. Everything is red. Um, like, the, I think, like, the production team basically custom did these motel rooms so this red room and then the the um black and white checkered room room. yeah and the black and white checkered room the the uh production designer literally painted every single thing in the room Mm -hmm. to be checkered which feels so (laughs) disorienting. but But I love that
2: though it looks Mm -hmm. great yeah yeah
3: yeah and um because somebody was like where how did Greg find these like custom motel rooms he's like in my brain (laughs) I thought about it and then I said I would like it to look like this and um so this whole room is red they're watching um they're watching something on tv I forget it's like some sort of Godzilla type thing and the closeness between Xavier and Jordan, like we said earlier, was just setting me off. <laughs> a little bit. I was like, are you going to make out or not? <laughs> and then the crazy thing is, it takes so long to get to
2: the point. Like, oh my like, God, they, like please touch each other. I'm begging. <laughs> I am crawling on the floor. I am I fall to my knees and throw up in my hands every time. Please just touch each other. <laughs>
3: For real, for real, for real. Because I was like, I just can't take the. I don't know if it's a slow burn. I don't know what you would call it. but I'm like, I just can't right, take But much like, more. Of this. Jonathan Sheck also
2: plays that kind of like sexy, cocky, like villain stereotype, mm-hmm. like that specific kind of archetype. He mm-hmm. plays that so well. Have y'all ever seen um The Forsaken? I think pretty said <laughs> you had do
3: you mention that yeah right? Yeah. With yeah. like Kerr
2: Smith, where he's it's, mm-hmm. you know, like basically the fucking lost boys, but he's like the the leader type. It's not a good movie. Let's be very mm-hmm. clear. It's not that good, but he is so good at that like enticing kind of like mm-hmm. devilish, you know, grifter type yeah he's it,
1: like the evil dude like he's the same kind of dude in that <laughs> thing you do as well like exactly. that I was gonna say life. even in that thing you
2: do that kind of like cocky band leader like I quit <laughs> you know like cinema incredible cinema but yeah he just does that so well and I feel like so much of this movie is like just that allure and that attraction to him like it really drives a lot of this
3: yeah and I was gonna say too I think I wrote in my notes that he reminds me a lot of like Tommy Lee like a yes. lot of Tommy Lee yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's just that, like that heavy that type of energy and I was like hmm, interesting what is this what, what, are we, what do we what dots are we connecting here Ashley <laughs> what are <laughs> we said, discovering I'm connecting the dots yes we're connecting the dots and I don't know what to make of it but we're gonna just think about that <laughs> um but I think at this point Jordan and Amy end up having sex in their bathtub and and Xavier goes and watches them and we had talked about a lot of movies on this program but and you know Brittany has been squeamish about some things I'm just like I don't understand why you'd be squeamish about that but this scene I watched it twice and I was like I just I can't really (laughs) where he there's a lot of masturbating watching other people have sex and x watches them have sex and he comes with his hand and he licks it actually just eats it basically and I was like I don't know (laughs) I don't think I'm squeezed about most things but I was like it just looked a little too realistic where I was like please <laughs> i don't know how did we i mean this is not we've also talked extensively about the cum shot in the green knight so this is our first oh, which yeah. i haven't
2: seen so put me on i haven't it, watched it it wasn't as it wasn't as uh
3: didn't look it as realistic sad. it didn't i it mean was, it was, it was like, like it was sad like a pathetic moment in his journey it's a pathetic moment in his journey where i was kind of like, like
2: bliss. Oh bless his thing.
3: bless his little heart. <laughs> he I mean, said, oh,
2: poor little tank tank. Basically, oh, I was stink. like, "Love
3: like... you, Dev Patel," but we're like your character going through some shit. I don't know what's going on. With
2: <laughs> you, but... but also, we kind of got to shout out the reemergence of the cum shot in film mm-hmm. because um, <laughs> what's the uh the Mia Goth, uh Alexander Skarsgard one that oh. had one that got cut out for the
1: um... movie? Oh, what is that? Oh, movie? What is the name of
2: that movie? I watched Infinity
1: it. Pool. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I watched it multiple times, anticipating a come shot that was not there.
1: Oh, why right, again, they...
2: I am pro-freak shit, so
1: <laughs> that's <on laughs> y'all know what type list? of time I'm on. Because that is the son of my man. Who that's is... my stepson. Oh, oh Who... if
3: I start speaking,
1: I am- oh, so... Cronenberg. <laughs> The Cronenberg Hive is emerging
2: well Cronenberg hive but also like Skarsgård hive down yeah.
3: see Brittany's not with me on that and I am fully invested am in, in the Skarsgård family am the,
2: no like the full Monty like I am <laughs> I remember seeing Stellan in the glass house the glass house came out when I was like eight and I remember watching it and being like I have a crush on this man. <laughs> Knowing full well, I was like, I have a crush on this man. Like
3: Stellan is, I would think, QB freak hive. For real. Like, freak shit hive. N- down. <laughs> and then he passed it down, because the Suns be
2: doing freak shit, too.
3: Oh, I want to say about the cum shot, that Greg, the it wasn't, Jonathan was not supposed to eat the cum, but I think Greg, or maybe the, uh, one of the production Guys on set who made the come was like, "Hey, this is edible. I want to show you how it works." <laughs> so crazy. And Jonathan was like, oh, "Maybe I'll eat it on camera." And I was like, "Well, let's film at work." <laughs>
2: Listen. <laughs> Creativity he, at work. I was going to say, he was being an artiste.
3: Yeah. He and made we, his,
2: we thank him for it. A decision. We thank him for the, exactly, the choices that he made. Yeah. Strong choices. He
3: looks just so realistic. I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, ah, I was not very sure about whatever was happening. Um, but I think at this point, they find out that the the shop owner has been murdered and they all know like the shop owner his wife and his kids like his wife basically kills herself
2: yeah the wife like because she runs in while Mm -hmm. they're they're fighting and then I guess like in her grief and hysteria she Mm -hmm. offs the kids and then Mm -hmm. she offs herself which also we didn't tap into this when we first talked about it but I love that um in the fight scene in the, the convenience store, the kids, who, like, there's that shot of them turning to look
0: mm-hmm.
2: at, like, what's happening, and mm-hmm. then I think it's maybe after, or right before maybe the head gets blown off, the shot of them just, like, turning away and going back to what they're doing.
3: I think mean, they're watching TV, from what I could right. tell. Right, and they're
2: just, like, oh, okay, like, there's no kind of recognition, there's no, like, yeah anything, I and I think that that also, you know, is such a commentary on, A, like, you know, desensitization, sensitization mm-hmm. but then also just like they're fucking watching tv they don't give a shit about like a head being blown off behind them because <laughs> they can zero in on like i don't know what were they watching probably like Sonic, you know, like just a cartoon, like that. Yeah, yeah so. whatever
3: they were watching, and and also I forgot to say that the shop owner's wife is played by Margaret Cho. There's a shout few, out to her. Mm-hmm. There's good cameos. There. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a few cameos. I did laugh when I saw Heidi Fleiss <laughs> pop Takes up. Me out. I was like,
2: oh, <laughs> right. And then also my mother, Parker Posey.
3: Parker shout out to her, Posey. Which is so funny. I was like sitting at my computer watching this and I like looked down for a second I don't know what I was looking at but then I heard her voice and I was like that sounds like Parker Posey
2: (laughs) and I looked up and I was like literally mother and I feel like too with Greg it kind of feels like I don't know if this is like a specific part of his approach but it feels in a way like he makes his movies or in this era was making his movies with like people that he had grown up seeing. Mm -hmm. Like the news anchors are um the lady from the love boat and Peter Brady.
3: I was Mm -hmm. gonna ask. I forgot to say I I was like that can't possibly be with his face. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Tying back into the I
3: think I think
2: (laughs) one of them, I wanna say maybe Jan Brady, I think, is in Nowhere too. I haven't seen Nowhere Uh in so many years I would have to tap back in. But it feels like he's intentionally grabbing these people who like would have been iconic figures in his like mm-hmm. formative years, which I think is so cool.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's so great. Because I was like, that maybe that's like a Peter Betty like look alike. Because I forget that actor's like real name, but right. I was like,
2: uh. who was also on The Surreal Life? Was yeah. he? Yeah,
3: yeah, he was. Yes. animal yes. Circle stringing Adrian Curry along. Yes, <laughs> Yes. Was his
2: name? What Christopher Chris... Knight? Yes. yes, but a couple years before that, he was. Gregoraki
3: Hive uh, yeah which mm-hmm. is such a weird I'm probably because he maybe wanted to distance himself from his Brady Bunch uh, era I guess right I would love to know actually what
2: the like casting for this was like and like what some of the decisions were because also um, in the opening scene Scooter from Living Single
3: yes.
1: Gina, the black guy Scooter yeah. from mm-hmm. Living Single yep Oh my God. That was in my nose. I was like, Chris Williams. Period. Real man. (laughs) Being told to be fucked up. Like, fuck off. I was like, that (laughs) is that scooter. I I know that man. I had no
3: idea that was him. I was trying to see. I couldn't really tell. Oh my God. Right. Because
2: it's so dark. But yep, that's him. And it's just like, there's. Good, like cameos and casting in this.
3: Yeah, yeah. I wonder what they all thought about it once they watched this. Right. The, the final product, if they if they did watch the final product, that's so right. funny. Yeah, I wonder what Christopher Knight was like. Yeah, I'll be in this weird movie.
1: <laughs> that's Right. He was in this movie and in Nowhere apparently. Yeah. He was one of the parents with Jan with Eve Plum.
2: Right. Right. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I would love to know that. I
3: actually should probably dig that up because that's a very interesting. Because Greg always talks about this movie being made on like nothing. <laughs> right. Like, we, we had no money to, basically um to do any of this, which I also find it funny how so many no money movies keep standing the test of time the way that Every they are. time. Yeah.
2: And it's- I think it's just, it speaks more to like, obviously when you have more money, you have access to like, you know, nicer things right mm. better technology better cameras or like maybe you would be able to build your you know custom hotel room from scratch and having to hand paint everything mm-hmm. but when you strip down like you you know take away the money the the artistry is still there with yeah, this. like they made this for 10 cents but the the artistry and like the the writing and the story and the vision is so strong that like
3: Mm-hmm, you know, exactly it did what they had to do yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's very I wonder if we're gonna get back to that where it's just like I'm just gonna make this move for 10 cents and please <laughs> versus spending I don't know how much money Amazon made for that Lord of the Rings TV show that <laughs> oh my god
2: my stomach just started hurting I just got bloated
3: <laughs> so much money on that show and for what I guess by this point in the movie there are several scenes of them frequenting places, and someone will recognize Amy calling her Sunshine, calling her I don't know, kitten. kitten. At one point, um, mm-hmm. the FBI gets involved, and what, we don't ever see whatever like happens beyond um, maybe like the first guy, Bartholomew, which is he's the guy at the he's wearing the Dino hat at the Carno Burger. Yeah, yeah. And he recognizes her and she's like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Um, But they, he ends up pulling a gun on them. Lots of people get guns pulled on them in this movie. There's so many guns in this movie. Um, Shotguns too. And I'm just like, whoa, back it up. And so he ends up following them to their hotel or their motel after Amy and X have sex in their car. I forgot about that. (laughs) And Hmm. pulls a gun on Jordan. They distract bartholomew get jordan out and J- I guess jordan and amy run to the car x is like go i'll meet you and somehow some way once again someone gets their head blown off we don't see it this time we saw it with the shop owner with the with the flying head and the talking and all that but we don't see it from this side at least but um x is kind of a serial killer i mean yeah in the strictest definition
2: of not even kind of term right like you
3: know he'd be out here he's like i kill people who deserve it and also people in uniform (laughs) which at one point he was like i killed a traffic cop and but then he i was like so you obviously killed a black lady because he's like i grabbed her by her kinky fro and i was like wow all
2: right yeah
3: well x well, well 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 even though i mean traffic cops well
2: <laughs> we'll leave it at that
3: sorry bruh i don't know I mean, you know like i mean
2: <laughs> if all cops are bastards then like sometimes
3: you know should not have been writing that ticket girl i don't know <laughs> i don't know how to tell you exactly uh, but like this point they are driving along more and they stopped to get Jordan's clothes. Cause he ran out of there with no clothes on. And they, I don't know. It's kind of like a, Amy is kind of trying to keep it from Jordan that she's had sex with Xavier. Xavier's just like, yeah, I fucked your girlfriend.
1: <laughs> yeah. Very
3: uh, crude. And then, Oh God, he's so crude in this. Movie. All the things he was saying. I was just like, I don't, we are not going to bring it down a notch. <laughs> we we <laughs> turn it out to 11 as soon as you stepped in the car. Right.
2: And that's what's so funny about finding out that, like, all of this was directly from the page because some of it is so outlandish that you're like that has to be improv that has to be an ad lib absolutely finding out that greg was like such a specific like i wrote it this is what you say type person was Mm -hmm. crazy for me
3: yeah there's a lot of um pretty much every insult that amy has is some butt related (laughs) right i "I didn't know there's so many ways to say somebody's ass (laughs) there's so many
2: ways to like plug the word fuck into just anything
3: yeah anything like I love
2: I love when she says um eat my fuck (laughs) (laughs) eat my
3: fuck yeah um or a
2: scum fuck I love um, love
3: it of Donnie Darko when he says go suck a fuck yeah
2: (laughs) it's like what does that even mean you can go suck a fuck at the dinner table no less
3: Uh, yes in front of the family like right what are we doing doing out here killed me (laughs) But I do um, think it's interesting that Jordan, even though he has all this, like, clearly is happening in front of him, that he is so chill and is almost like, eh, X is a good guy. And I just want to know what you guys thought about that exactly.
1: He is such a little cutie. He's just like. Okay. It's okay. My girlfriend is clearly fucking another man in front of me. I'm okay with it because I kind of am figuring myself out at the same time. And I am also a little attracted to X in the moment, but I'm not entirely sure about Mm -hmm. this. I don't know what to do. So I'm going to let this happen and see how I feel about this situation before I feel, see what I feel about this situation. Right. So- watching him figure that out was fun to watch and interesting to watch yeah he's so in like he's so innocent he's the most childlike of the the trio right yeah. right exactly
2: that's literally what i was going to say and i feel like there's there's a there's okay so there's the innocence obviously that jordan has which is just like this kind of wide-eyed like naivet type thing and then i feel like there's x you know having this just no innocence whatsoever like no filter say whatever do whatever kill people be gay do crimes type right <laughs> yes and then i feel like amy kind of walks that line in the middle of where it feels like not that she's putting on an identity but that there is innocence and like You know, that kind of naive side of her that she masks with like the insults, the way she talks, obviously Mm -hmm. the fashion, like there's a there's a layer of protection that's kind of over her. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just interesting to see. I guess, I mean, I don't know, what's the three version of a dichotomy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the relationship. Yeah. Right. The relationship between the three of them and the the three kind of perspectives that we get um, in the movie.
3: Yeah. I just she's, think
2: that's so interesting to watch.
3: She's, like, way more, like, aggressive with Xavier. She threatens to strangle him multiple times in mm-hmm. this movie. And then, and then have- even,
2: like, sexually she's super aggressive. But yeah.
3: Yeah. Like, yeah and then she's like a lot softer with Jordan although sometimes she's like <laughs> like that one scene where they're in the checkered the checkered motel room and she's telling them all this stuff like take it out <laughs> stroke right. it put it here do this and he's just kind of like, yes, ma'am <laughs> I'm right he's like yeah. okay yeah and I think she's not as like like even if she insults him, she's like saying it like in a sweet sort of like all you you right Judy. exactly. Right you're so adorable he's like he's like the ultimate him though he's so sweet I was like, perfect
2: man this poor baby head empty
3: exactly Mm -hmm. just like i love you and that's all that's all i got up here i don't have any other thoughts going on upstairs (laughs) because they uh they had sex with the checkered room and then he's like i'm gonna go to the store do you want anything and she's like some more cigarettes and he's like yes dear and i was like oh he's so precious this precious
2: angel
3: (laughs) sweet baby oh i love him so much bless his little heart and i also you mentioned the fashion we haven't really talked about fashion we actually haven't really talked about rose mcgowan like this entire time but like i mean there's some complicated things there going on with with miss but in this movie yes mother of the year it's so Mm -hmm. good her like black bob her like red lipstick um and that see-through fucking what is it like a jacket or a raincoat or something it's Mm. so good i think so iconic the black dress that she wore was like one of the production designers dresses somebody's dress like it wasn't even part of like the overall costuming i think they just Mm. (laughs) was like can we have that for this outfit for this shoot but it's so good and it's so like i don't want to say iconic but like it is iconic like it's just
2: um i read like a I guess you know like a retrospective piece on it I think for like the anniversary or maybe the restoration I don't know where they had talked to Rose about like the the style and just the, the overall like creation of the character mm-hmm. and she was talking about being so young on set and this was only like her second job ever so she came onto set and didn't know anything about like hitting your mark and you know all that kind of stuff but she had also talked about the fashion and how so much of it was like you know combat boots that were her own but then like a dress that was given to her Mm -hmm. and she said that she um she had gone shopping recently maybe and she saw something and she was like I feel drawn to this and I don't really know why like this is reminding me of something and she was like and I realized it was a really Amy Blue dress she was Mm -hmm. like I just really Mm -hmm. felt like it really connected and resonated with like that part of me that Amy character and I just think that's you you can tell a story so many different ways right you can tell it on the page you can tell it visually you can tell it through lighting you can tell it through fashion and like this is a movie that tells such a clear story through all of those things
0: Mm -hmm.
2: like you see something and you know that that would be, like, an Amy blue dress. Not just, like, oh, it's so 90s, or, oh, it's so, like, this, it's so punk, it's so whatever. It's, like, that looks like something that would belong to Amy. That looks Mm -hmm. like something she would wear doing XYZ. Like, I think that... And especially because there's not really that for anybody else in the movie.
3: Yeah, I was gonna (laughs) say, there's not a lot of, like, costume change. I mean, like, Jordan has his costume change. That's only because he left his clothes at the motel. I don't think... I don't think X really changes his
0: clothes that
2: he much. He buys the the like the belt buckle, the shirt, and the belt buckle, right? Yeah. Oh
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. the like kind of weird Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. But he doesn't really wear it that much throughout the movie, and he also ends up with a hat. God, he yeah. With, like a cowboy hat, which yeah. But fantastic. I think we mostly see him like shirtless, which yeah. And his like kind of yeah, like his ripped jeans, kind of I don't know, bad boy outfit <laughs> is what I would give that whole look, but right. Yeah Amy's the one who kind of changes clothes the most even though she doesn't change clothes that frequently but she does change like her glasses like her she has these cat eye sunglasses that are so cool and I don't know it just has like a really fun look to it that just kind of pulls from a lot of different places so i think that's why it's remained so iconic i just need another word other than iconic <laughs> okay. i know but it's
2: it's true it is it really is like so iconic and um just cool. I feel yeah. like that's what we keep coming back to. I just think it's so cool.
3: It's cool. Yeah. And it's like, it's cool without being like try hardy. Cause this is like, right. This could be stuff that she bought herself, but then maybe like hand me downs and like stuff she found. Right. Like it doesn't feel like somebody's like, I have to go put up this Y2K outfit.
2: <laughs> exactly. And I think it just mm-hmm. like, yeah, that authenticity is what really, you know, makes mm-hmm. it hold up so well. I think that you can see the difference between like, you know, a costumer who was mixing and matching and pulling from home and Rose McGowan was bringing from home and they kind of created this authentic visual thing versus, again, a stylist who would just be like, I need something that looks like maybe <laughs> it was from the 90s and then I'm going to take this skirt and rip it with a rock so that it looks authentically distressed. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just that that false sense of authenticity.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: but yeah. yeah, I think it's like, that's what makes it so good and stand up so well is that it's so authentic
3: yeah i could see girls wanting to dress like this now i'm sure there's girls who have watched this movie several times who dress like this please and i'm Mm -hmm. one of them yeah yeah yeah, it's it's really good that that bob the bob was bobbing listen it it was a little dora
2: but you said she had it completely folded under like mini (laughs) leaks
1: It was folded under. <laughs> Them curls was tight, yeah. but it was cute.
3: Yeah, I liked it a lot. I like the the pink dress and the see through jacket the most. Like, I feel like we need to bring that back. Like, just you know, if we're gonna be picking up stuff and back then, like, let's uh, let's bring out the see through things again. If we're really gonna go right. back there to that time. Mm-hmm. I think those are again so this cute. is another
2: Lit. this is another opportunity for sponsorship for the pod. Mm-hmm. Come on. Oh, your your transparent jacket line is gonna go crazy. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be bananas.
3: So, like we said, they're being followed. Oh, every time they go to a new place, they kind of Amy gets recognized. So we see Parker Posey, who is her sex slave named Brandy, with that wig that was like insane wig. <laughs> insane wig. Big
2: wig. And she has such a small head. I <laughs> love she's- her i love her but she's a small lady so like they mm-hmm. put the massive wig on her yeah it crazy it yeah. was giving like rupaul as rachel
3: tensions in like, uh, uh fu. like it's huge it was like lady bunny's wig like, right but like not where it was supposed to be like down here it was, like, sitting like
2: a little big back halfway here. back here she was wearing it like a helmet like. yeah
3: she had like some black and or you know yes you see her natural hair underneath and right also everybody um if you haven't watched party girl go watch that you
2: know please i'm begging
3: also on the criteria
2: channel Exactly. And shout out to the girls who were, like, in the trenches. I was just talking about this earlier. There is definitely revisionist history around Party Girl and how many people loved it. Because now that it's been restored, everybody is standing down. But it <laughs> used to be you couldn't even find it to pirate it on the internet. You can't even <laughs> find was... it on
3: Tumblr. And that's literally where I find most things.
2: Right. We got to be honest. You used to have to, like... <laughs> I used to watch it on IMDB TV
3: on oh Amazon
2: my- Prime with commercials oh. because there was nowhere else to watch
3: it you like, were deep you were deep down in there down
2: please I oh I love that movie I just you, got a headache
3: and <laughs> I, kn- I know like um we had Mariah a. Gates on here and she says that usually you can tell what what movies are popular by the gift makers on Tumblr like what are they gifting and stuff right on in the party girl like tag there is nothing no there. There's, there's nothing
2: like, you can't even find like screen caps
3: yeah because one thing
2: about me is i'm like a like a screen cap doll i just love like you know i just think it's fun to look back at them like but you can't find anything from this movie nope so-
3: craziness mm. so now the we re- you all put you all on game please go watch it it's on the criterion channel i think it's right or purchase the, purchase the and um, purchase also on tubi yes. yeah the blu-ray yes i have the blu-ray thank you for uh <laughs> telling me i should go buy that because i was like let me go because i'm behind like i don't want listen, that to listen because i
2: had to pre-order mine because i was like no i, need, I will not be I left need behind <laughs> right i needed that bad <laughs>
3: So this encounter in this bar, which I love because it kind of reminds me of something from like a clockwork orange, which basically this bar is covered in like aluminum foil. <laughs> um, they get into a knife fight with Brandy and the person that she's with ends up getting stabbed directly in the dick. <laughs> and that's how <laughs> that fight in, which I think that was once again, X is doing. Um, and mm-hmm. all these people threatened to find Amy and kill her. I don't know. I mean, the people who actually do find the group are it's like a completely like different group of people entirely. So I don't know if they were going to band together, a la like something from Kill Bill. I don't know what. They I was going to say, was this
2: like Scott Pilgrim? Like all her evil exes. Were <laughs> Basically, <gonna pull> up.
3: <laughs> I think that was another um, review on Letterbox that Greg. <laughs> Red was like it was like Scott Pilgrim mixed with something else. He was like, again, fair. <laughs> fair, right? Like
2: that is that actually is a fair
3: assessment. Exactly. And so we have the checkered hotel. Um, Jordan ends up seeing Amy and X have sex, and he ends up masturbating to completion. <laughs> Everybody's just peeping in on everybody. Um, and again, he's like at least at one point they had had sex and he was like don't you think sex is totally strange and I wanted to ask because Brittany you mentioned this before I think we were like texting back and forth but you were the one who said that Jordan is the one having all these like existential questions and everybody else is kind of like what the fuck are you talking about right (laughs)
1: like he's always asking questions like what like why do we exist like what does love mean like why are we here what are we doing like he's Mm -hmm. always asking these really big questions he like when he declares his love for amy she's just like whatever and he, he always gets shut down anytime he says any of these questions or asks these questions everybody's like please shut the fuck up we do not have time for this
0: yeah
1: um so he all of his emote like he's a little bit more emotional yeah. than both of the other, like all the other characters. Like he is more introspective, a little more contemplative of everything going on around right. him. And I wonder if like when I was watching this, I was like wondering if that is like related to more of his, what I ascribe to like his innocence and his- right. Observation about like what's going around him because he's more willing to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Like even when they first meet X, he's like, "No, we shouldn't tell him to fuck off. He could be a good guy." Yeah, like
3: he said, "Let's be. Let's remember we talked about about not being judgmental." I thought that was so cute. (laughs) But then it like the
2: thing that always strikes me is that he is like persistent in that you know what I mean he doesn't lose there's no part of him that is like discouraged from asking the questions or like oh well I'm gonna stop thinking I'm just gonna shut the fuck up you know what I mean like there's yeah. no part of him that that does that he continues to continues to pursue like those questions and so I do think that that's uh like an aspect or like a like you said ascribe to his innocence kind of just that wide-eyed like I'm open to whatever the universe got going on like I'm just here to experience things I'm in a silly goofy mood I'm here to have a good time and I kind of like love that but also again because the movie is such a there's so much pursuit of identity there it's also interesting to watch like yeah him go from just being like he's a good guy to being like what do you think our purpose on this earth is <laughs> sex is weird isn't
3: that weird like yeah yeah he's the one who says that because like when they go to have sex in amy's car in the beginning like he's like i just don't i can't do it and she's like what's wrong and he's like i'm afraid of catching aids and she's like we're both virgins which i was like are you both versions I don't know but like, I had questions about that but he is kind of the one asking like hey like don't you think everything is just really fucked up and weird like don't you think reality is kind of strange and right and I wonder if he's supposed to be like Greg's inner thoughts as like a director and a writer because he just seems like <laughs> everything all this weird kooky shit happens and like they're just kind of like like X is just down for the ride and Amy is just kind of like this is fucking stupid and Jordan's the one looking around like hey y'all find this weird?
2: Right. No?
3: Okay, we just going to keep moving.
0: Please. <laughs> He's
2: like okay, that's fine.
3: Yeah.
2: Does anybody want another
3: Dorito? Like yeah. he's so mm-hmm. and to, to to borrow from the kids, he is very baby girl.
2: <laughs> and this- he is. I'm sorry. He is. Yeah, he the is, lineage is. of baby girl is
3: yeah. and then Kendall Roy. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it starts with with James Duval, and then you know, we can trace it down through right. the you know, decades.
2: If we, if we walk through the sands of time, we eventually <laughs> arrive at Kendall yeah,
3: Roy. He is he is such a sweetie, but he I don't know, he doesn't feel compelled enough to be like no we should stop and like figure this out but it is kind of interesting to to see like somebody being like hey things are a little off don't you think so no okay let's keep going right (laughs) but also too because I thought it was weird not weird but maybe kind of interesting that he was so afraid of AIDS in the beginning where he's like I can't even like stick it in you <laughs> like I can't That's even, right. like I can't even like begin the process of having sex to where he's just like oh yeah, I'll have sex with Amy wherever <laughs> it doesn't matter right. so I was wondering too because like I feel like we talked about this a little bit in the beginning but like the sexlessness of our culture like where I don't know like where is this gonna go <laughs> if we continue the sexlessness of our culture like this because there's a lot of sex in this movie it's not graphic, but I feel like even for, like, a, a personalities a young personalities it would be too much.
2: <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. They would. He would be run out of town on a rail. They would chase him with pitchforks.
1: Like... Actually, he ate his own, like, ex ate his own cum. Like, that would be the first How strike. dare he? They would oh, like, continue. this is graphic. He will this film belongs on a list they would recreate exactly they would this is a video nasty
2: (laughs) no literally that's exactly what it would be Uh people lose their minds and it's like i again speaking as number one fan of freak shit i'm just like okay it if it's not for you that's fine Mm -hmm. girl that is fine there is so much space and opportunity for like clean sexless fun you can do that anywhere you can go to the park you can go to church you can watch (laughs) the hallmark channel if you're an artist you have plenty of places that you can make and do your clean art that's fine Mm -hmm. but That's just not the world that we live in. And I think it's so strange the, like, sterilization of art as if, like, all of this art isn't made based on the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. People are having sex. People are doing drugs. People are doing just anything. So, like, (laughs) I don't understand why the onus is on the creators and, like, on the artists to not depict their world instead of being on like the consumers to just not consume it because especially when you're coming from like this era of like these people had no money you know what i mean the the trope of the starving artist that you know we kind of grew up with is like now it's you know it's different you like live at home and we have like all of these resources and whatever but like these people had no money Mm -hmm. and again like living through things like Vietnam like the AIDS crisis zero money a lot of them were using drugs in a way in a form of like escapism and like sex as a form of escapism but also just doing these things for fun Mm -hmm. that's okay it's okay for people to depict what their actual experience is without having to again have morality assigned to it or have it be like it upsets me because it's not my experience and so you shouldn't be allowed to make it that's crazy to me
3: yeah like I'm just like I mean there's plenty of people I'm like you they need to take your pen they need to take your camera (laughs) take it down take take it away from you you can't use this no more but like I would never sit there and say oh like I don't agree with this so it doesn't need to like I probably would not even watch it like there's plenty of things I'm just like oh that's not for me I don't want to watch that
2: (laughs) again like I'm saying because we didn't watch the idol and it was fine
3: yeah, it's fine. I didn't I didn't die. The ten
2: people who watched it got their life, <laughs> I guess. Obviously being like online on Twitter or whatever. And seeing the the like anti sex scene stuff come from like people who are consumers of art, not just like, you know, conservatives and whatever. It's like teens and early twenties and not that, you know, what a teen has to say has anything to do with me, but it's teens and early twenties people who are like kind of the the core audience for a lot of this right or kind yeah. of the core drivers for like moving our culture forward and moving art forward who are being like oh well like a sex scene doesn't move a
3: movie plot forward and
2: it's like girl what
3: yeah that's not it doesn't always what? matter
2: <laughs> yeah like what what does that have to do with anything yeah. not only a is it wrong but be like who fucking cares like why and here's what i don't understand why are we or as we should be accepting of like you know in music people like exploring sexuality and exploring like gender and like whatever but on screen it's it's an issue and it's too much and it's offensive it's like are you more forgiving of a hypothetical like a song that maybe plays in like sexuality and gender and whatever than you are with like a direct visual confrontation of like Mm -hmm. people living authentically, people who are having sex, like you know, exploring and like all that like what's the what's the difference there? what's the you know where's the line what's the difference between like 34 35 and wait, a hit first of all smash <laughs> hit shout out to the ponytail lady but mm-hmm. what's the difference between that and x eating a handful of his own cum like
3: yeah
2: where's the where's the disconnect there yeah <laughs> why is it that we're accepting of you know it's fine in the music but like oh god forbid you put it in a movie
3: also too oh there's so much sex and blah 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 and I'm just like where I where is it none of it and you can slide it my way <laughs> that's like the let me know because yeah. again
2: I'm always look I got my binoculars on always for the freak shit <laughs> mm-hmm. so like <laughs> I'm looking for it and it's exactly. like, oh they showed a nipple on this one episode of this show I'm watching and it's like that's it No.
0: Oh, that's God. the shit you're
2: complaining about call me you're not you're Mm -hmm. clearly not watching infinity pool (laughs) because I I'm not ashamed to say it I like played that scene back a couple times because I was like where and then obviously I googled and found out it had been cut after the festival screening but I was just like come on Brandon come on (laughs) get serious Brandon Mm -hmm. if you're listening you can slide that director's cut right in my email I won't tell anybody Brittany you need to be on the
3: that. you need to be on um on the campaign trail as well because I know you yeah. and your are Cronenberg standing right in. yeah email mm-hmm. Brittany
2: first and then she can pass it to me that's fine too <laughs> distribute
3: yeah distribute to the people
2: because- <laughs> redistribute your wealth open your purse Brandon Cronenberg <laughs> like-
3: we need to do this movie for the pod if we ever get to. Oh
2: my god! Yeah.
1: So please invite me back. I'm begging. Ooh, to come ooh, back and uh, talk about ooh, this oh, wait. Okay. Oh god! You might have to I do know, like, like a Cronenberg just... double feature. I've been trying to get Ashley to oh, Crash so for like fun. three years. I haven't watched Crash, and it's like on my like you I want to watch. It love week. Crash.
2: You would love it. It's like on my list for this week. And he's like, you I saw you
3: connecting the dots when you got really excited, and it scared <laughs> me because I knew it was not to
2: happen
1: please Crash I would do so anything
2: good. I would do anything to come back uh, and do like a Cronenberg double feature that's oh so gosh. fun
1: oh we my can god make that happen Ashley is I exhausted
3: I, I want to
2: end I, this right now
3: so at this point in the movie people are looking for Amy she's got the FBI she got Brandy she got Bartholomew um everybody's looking for her and they want to kill her they at one point they see a dead dog I feel so bad for the dog. I just, not dead Definitely. dog, but even had been like something had happened to him. They
2: hit him, right? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think think they hit him, they with run the car. him over. But I accident. thought she
3: stopped before mm. she hit
2: him. No, they hit him, and then there's that oh. shot of like the blood on the oh. bumper. Mm-hmm. So they hit him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I will say one thing about this scene. It upsets me so much because I like, I love, I love animals. I'm a like dog cat lady down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's non negotiable, but there is um like a tenderness in the way that he shot like the the dog death thing mm-hmm. i think like a sensitivity to it that obviously you know throughout the movie we get like the head flying and then in the end like very bloody very i don't want to call it gratuitous but like kind of graphic yeah you know mm-hmm. not not supposed to be realistic or freaky the fuck out but just like bloody and graphic yeah yeah where with this it's like so tender and so like you know the shot of like oh, the dog's eyes yeah
3: and then just the stuff. sound
2: of it like crying and yeah next, the,
3: oh. the poor baby I was like poor oh, baby
2: but like the approach the- to it is so yeah
3: it's not like super like violent where you just see right. dog and, you know which Doesn't I love matter. that he
2: was like, no, that I draw the line at violence to dogs. Oh uh, <laughs>
3: yeah, he was like, mm-hmm.
2: he was like, you know, I'll we can have a head fly, we can like cut off a dick, but like, yeah, you, <laughs> we will not be showing blood on a
3: dog. Exactly, yeah, Gregoraki to all the animals, <laughs> period. <laughs> so they end up like putting his eyes in misery and and I think and they bury him and I think the vibe was like Amy like shifted after that, like mm. they go to this record store. After that and she's looking at some book and and she's like like Jordan's like don't you already have that at home and she's like I miss my records and I think at one point after this she says oh when they go to that warehouse she's like life is lonely boring and dumb like she's just kind of Hmm. deflated after the dog yeah um which I thought was interesting like did you notice that Brittany like she's just
1: kind of seen like the wind had been taken out of her sails a little bit it's like I'm a little over it at this particular point. <laughs> like, what What are we doing now? Like, what? Right. She's starting to have her own question. Of like, what is the point? Like, yeah. she wasn't really asking that question of anything. It was just like, whatever to everything. But now mm-hmm. it's like, what is the point? Like, what yeah. is the point of this? Yeah. And she's
2: right. Like, and it's like, again, it's just like, jordan's approach to like being questioning but still being open to everything and being like you know just kind of this positive timbo of a person you know no thoughts head empty just being like well i have questions about like life and you know existential stuff but it's all good we're having a nice time versus amy's kind of journey from like it's whatever and then circling back to like damn it's whatever but this shit sucks like that kind of journey their diverging journeys I guess are like interesting to watch
3: yeah which I think is probably why she likes Jordan because he's just so like you know she he's soft where she's hard and, and vice versa I think right like, I mean he's not really hard at all but it's like <laughs> like they just kind of compliment each other in that way um, but before I left the, the record store there was a set of neo-nazis there who like circle around X to like intimidate him and then one of them recognizes Amy once again and he was like I don't know he had like a bunch of pet names and shit like that like it's your poo bear <laughs> you know Please. and she's like I do not know who the hell anybody is <laughs> leave me alone um and they go to this warehouse where there's already a bed made up and um they end up I guess like do heads or tails to who gets to have sex with Amy first. And so X gets to have sex with Amy first and then Jordan also gets to go. And at one point they're like talking about like before he goes in there, he talks to X about like slam dancing. And then also, which I guess I'm taking it to be moshing, but I don't know (laughs) what exactly slam dancing is. Right. But also asked, um, X, what the meaning of their existence is. <laughs> I was like, once again, he's having the questions. He needs some answers, but he's not gonna let it bring him down. <laughs> right. He's
2: like, listen, I want to know, but also, like, you know, we can get it popping right now. Like.
3: <laughs> yeah. They end up having a threesome, which I was like, oh god, finally. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can do like half. Oh, you can have see it, which I was like, come on. Like, give me some, give me some more. I've been waiting, waiting this well, hour this and a half. The,
2: this is the, the second one, right? They have two, right? Uh,
3: so I don't, I think X thinks they had a threesome when they wake up in the checkered room and mm. they didn't. They just kind of all slept next to each other. His oh. X was already asleep and he kind of wonders and. And he ended up like describing like what it's like to have a threesome to Jordan. Cause Jordan's like, I have never had one. So they didn't have one then, but they had another moment where they were just like, their faces are so close to each other. And I was like, do it.
2: <laughs> like I'm begging. Yeah.
3: I'm begging. At this point, I'm, I'm begging you both <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> make it happen. And right. so they end up having a threesome, but Amy leaves to go pee. And Jordan's like, I hope she comes back because I'm starting to deflate down here. And, <laughs> and and X is like, well, I'm not. And I was like, yes, it's going to happen. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> yeah, finally, two hot men will kiss. <laughs> <laughs> the, the voice is crazy. Let it be so. Because I was just like, damn, like are we not gonna do. It? Like, look at you can't have these two people be so beautiful and I not see something. I'm sorry. Like I usually right, don't really on. care, but like you you. You tease me. Why would There's, you show me something if I can't have it?
2: <laughs> there is so much tension. Like, if you have not watched this movie, I cannot stress enough. It could be minus 20 degrees in, like, the tundra. You could be in, like, Russian work camp conditions <laughs> standing in the snow watching this movie. You watch this, what, like, 89 minutes maybe of a movie and it is 500 degrees at all times it's Mm -hmm. so hot and tense yeah specifically Mm -hmm. between like James Duvall and Jonathan Check yeah it's just so tense the whole time you're like I'm begging you Mm -hmm. I'm on my hands and knees please just touch each other
3: yeah like just give me a little bit of a something just like right anything anything yeah because we don't even I mean I don't know I was just like overcome I was like please hurry up (laughs) (laughs) for me me now please i'm tired of being teased like this and so they look like they're about to start making out and then they get ambushed by these neo-nazis from the store um Mm -hmm. where there's like i don't know they tie up x with like duct tape or masking tape not masking tape but the packing tape maybe i think so because it's like they like the wrists
2: yeah yeah and they like wrap amy in plastic right
3: yeah like they mm-hmm. had her pretty much wrapped up and i think in her like um i thought too in her jacket because she had gone outside to pee so i was like maybe oh she yeah maybe. Jacket, you know yeah. and then they restrain jordan they lay out an american flag the main nazi assaults amy on this flag while the star-spangled banner is being played Insane. their favorite song when he's
2: like put on our favorite song it's it's a hard scene to watch mm-hmm. but just that like put on our favorite song it's the fucking Star Spangled Banner Ugh. sends me to Jupiter every time <laughs> first of all be honest the shit does not slap <laughs> He's so Mm-mm. serious. Uh, exactly. Like, and I know obviously what the commentary is, you know, supposed to be, but just mm-hmm. the idea that somebody would be like, you need to put on that shit right now. I need <laughs> to hear that immediately. And it's the Star Spangled <laughs> Banner. It's crazy.
3: Ask the ox. Put like, get serious. Brittany, how did you feel about this scene? Because it just kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, oh, we're about to get it popping. And I was like, yeah. oh, wait, no,
1: Nazis. <laughs> so. It is very like obviously jarring. Like I felt like the fire that they pour the water on. So like I was like ah, ah <laughs> like the whole time I was just yeah. like Wah. um. So it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff happening all at once. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> That's. Uh, 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 <sighs> that's also, just how especially
2: I felt. in the restoration it's like <laughs> goddamn like, yeah. it is yeah. very it's a lot and not to say that it's like gratuitous or like over but obviously if, if if anybody like hasn't seen you know both or like doesn't know the difference the original the original ending cuts so much of like what's mm-hmm. really graphic and like jarring about this obviously it's still You know, it absolutely is jarring to watch the you know, the original theatrical cut or whatever. But like in the restoration, first of all, the colors are so much more vivid,
1: the Mm -hmm. sound
2: is louder, but also it's just longer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you have more longer,
2: it's more drawn out.
1: Exactly. And it is you have like somebody like has a swastika like painted on their chest. So like you knew they were Nazis Mm. in the store because um and, um, Amy tells them, "Fuck off, Nazis!" Like mm-hmm. you get it in the store, but like he has a swastika painted on his chest while he's assaulting her. Like, yeah, you you get that when it's happening. Right. You have the American flag there. You have the Star Spangled Banner playing. Yeah. It's just so many things happening all at once, and it's just a lot of visual information to take in and it's all happening just so quickly. Yeah. And it's just like oh my god. Like
3: yeah.
2: Especially again wow. when you thought they were just going to fuck 10 seconds ago and instead yes. it's this like yeah. yes girl.
3: Yeah, there's it's just so kind of like I mean, it just feels, I mean, it is an ambush. Like, it is a complete ambush, but it's like an ambush of the story. <laughs> like, um, right. the story gets hijacked in this way. And I'm like, damn, we're, we were just about to party. <laughs> right. I could have done another 30 minutes. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I thought we were going to have fun. I thought this was a classy party. But <laughs> it just turns into, like, a nightmare. And, and, and poor Jordan, you know, he doesn't Ugh. make it. And, I mean... I don't know if I remember seeing the exact like what they do because they end up cutting his little peen peen with some garden shears. And then, oh my God, it's horrible. The poor child, he didn't deserve to go out like that. And like, and like Amy ends up killing them all with the shears. But it's not, you know, it's not the ending I thought we were going to get because I was like, damn, I thought we were, I thought we were going to finally make this happen. I thought that we were going to be like a trio right. making our way through the united states you know i thought we there was more to this story <laughs> That's right happened.
2: i would have watched i would have watched a trilogy of just them like yeah
3: just going mm-hmm. from place to place
2: <laughs> can you imagine oh yeah crime spree because first of all first of all we like really didn't tap all the way into this but like this movie first of all has everything mm-hmm. it is a uh, like a road trip movie It's a, you know, like a crime movie. In some ways, it's like a Western almost, like Mm -hmm. an outlaw movie. It is an erotic thriller. It's Mm -hmm. so funny. Like, this movie has everything. Yeah. And so that kind of, like, even there's elements of, like, sci-fi in it or, like, a lot of, very specifically, a lot of, like, 80s B-horror type references Mm -hmm. that I think are Mm -hmm. so good. So this movie literally has everything. And it's, like, you could take this story anywhere the ending could have been anything and it would have fit just because this movie does have so much packed into it yeah but of all the places it could have gone you never expect the ending to be what
3: it is no no Mm -hmm. and you don't really you don't really see what happens after Amy kills the nazis with the shears because i don't even know how they got x out of there either but the next shot is them like Amy and X driving along the highway without Jordan and they're just in silence and he offers her a Dorito. (laughs) A real man. Yeah and she didn't say anything and I thought it was really interesting because this is like one of the scenes where it's not as it's still bright but it's not like as bright like it just seems so flat in comparison to like the scene before with like because it's so dark and there's so much like flashing imagery and and the tones are different like the contrast is different everything feels so like like lifeless because they're out in kind of not the entire middle of nowhere but it is kind of like basically the desert you know right and it just seems so like not colorless but just kind of like a little bit more washed out than yeah it had and especially previous-
2: because like like you were saying, the mo- the whole movie is so colorful, and like it mm-hmm. depends so much on that vibrancy and that color and that like, you know, that very specific kind of um. The, the just the visuals are so specific and so like, you know, grandiose. I guess yeah. So then to get to this final scene, and there's like no color really. There's no you know, witty dialogue. There's no like you know that kind of high octane shit that we experience all through the movie mm-hmm. it just it's very stark you know what i mean just yeah. very like you feel it more than you see it
3: yeah yeah and yeah. for and jordan to be like the you know the baby girl of the group <laughs> to to get finished off that way is kind of like oh innocence is gone right. <laughs> forever oh, he didn't
2: deserve that
3: no no mm-hmm. bring him back i mean james Duval is like almost an, <laughs> and i think it I don't know if he's in every single Greg uh, Rocky movie, but he is in like, close. Most, most of yeah. them. Yeah, like he was even, he had a, I guess, a cameo as a homeless person in now Apocalypse. Like he, he, he was ride or die. Said, That's bestie, right? Yeah, they are best. I also
2: love that though, like the the, um, like working with the same actors, because I know Jonathan Sheck is in, uh,
3: he's in Nowhere,
2: right? He's in, um, what's the one about the yes the one about the poly couple the polythruple sorry yeah splendor (laughs) but yeah just that thing of like people repeatedly wanting to work with greg because he's like he's so good he makes such incredible stuff that like for james duvall to still now be wanting to work with him 30 years after they made this movie after Mm -hmm. they made totally fucked up like that's so incredible
3: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that was like and you know if you get sad that he's not in this movie he's just gonna be in another one right (laughs) like you're sad that james and and jordan went out like that like you can just watch you know you can watch nowhere yeah you can put in another Mm -hmm. one you can watch totally fucked up so you know the the legacy and the love story continues right the marathon is continuing (laughs) yeah exactly wave your check your flags everybody (laughs) please (laughs) so I, i would say that obviously because mimi suggests this movie and she has said over this entire episode how much she loves it she recommends it I recommend it as well but Brittany tell us how if you recommend it and
1: why absolutely I recommend this film because you need to you need to watch it we need cinema like this we need gritty (laughs) dirty freak shit as Mimi put it like this it's, it's a lost art. We lose the recipes. This is a recipe that is being lost. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I highly recommend it. Uh so yeah, go watch it.
3: Yeah exactly I, I agree if you can watch this movie if you can watch it on Criterion you should definitely do that if you can um, buy The Restoration like I think that's a great idea I don't know like I get really nervous about buying DVDs now because I'm like oh is it going to go out of stock and I'll never get it again right <laughs> yeah but cause... then it's
2: also like if it's on streaming am I going to lose access to it and never be able to watch it
3: yeah it's just mm-hmm. everything is just so like watch it now or you might never see it again and so Literally. That's when when we are talking about the Party girl dvd and i was like let me just snag that I'm, Listen, not be, I'm not supposed to be purchasing anything this month but let me just go and grab that right that's now right.
2: that's a necessity yeah. i clocked clock that under bills i said <laughs> oh light bill rent party girl blu-ray
3: exactly exactly so um if you have the chance go watch it and we all three highly recommend it but this is a part of the episode where we would do our recommendations so i guess Mimi, if you have a recommendation please share
2: is it a? Does it does have to be a recommendation that's like, goes with this kind of.
3: Um Sometimes I mean, unless you have another Gregory Rocky movie that you want everybody to watch, like in particular from his trilogy or any other ones. Um, any nineties yeah, movies? All so good.
2: Oh, please, well, Party Girl would have been my recommendation, but okay. as we can see, okay. Um, <laughs> I will say. Last Days of Disco is um a movie that I love that I actually didn't see until like a couple of years ago. Okay. I was late on her, but it is another movie. I think it exists in this um almost in the same realm of like a Gregoraki movie in that the language is so specific I'm obsessed with like writers who kind of create language and slang and create these self-sustaining universes yeah so yeah definitely that and um yeah no I think I think that and Lost Highway which is the best David Lynch movie I don't know that it's related to this in any way but I just think everybody should watch it. Is
3: that I've so I've seen the postage for Lost Highway I don't know if I've ever seen have I seen
0: Lost Highway?
2: most people like sleep on it like most people see you know Twin Peaks they see like Blue Velvet Mm -hmm. and they forget about Lost Highway but I think it is the best one by far it's so good
3: maybe that's why because I feel like I've gone like you said Blue Velvet and I've seen of course Twin Peaks but I may have like skipped Lost Highway to watch Mall and Drive although it looks like it's on the Criterion channel uh-huh. i think it
2: is yeah okay
3: yeah oh yeah it is i'm looking <laughs> sometimes i've gone on Criterion channel i'm like yes and it's like not there <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah you can um watch lost highway on uh Criterion channel i don't see last days of disco streaming anywhere but you can also rent it which that looks good i haven't seen this one but i've seen the i've seen this like poster before but
2: you can also um there is like a criterion release of it so you can oh buy
3: okay it. Yeah. okay yeah go cop that they always have like sales and stuff so again we're not criterion pushers but like you know the resources are out there y'all yeah. <laughs> the resources are out there
2: if you do like i do you better tap in with that twice a year sale <laughs> save up the little promo codes they send you and then go crazy see everybody's been getting mm-hmm. a promo
3: code except for me i'm gonna have to contact somebody because i'm
1: missing Listen. out they're,
3: mis- they're making me miss out so Brittany, what is your recommendation do you have a recommendation
1: Um, I would like everybody to finish this trilogy. So watch Totally Fucked Up and then absolutely watch nowhere and see Rachel True and Nowhere telling people uh 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 we we you know I need to be free to express myself in relationships, girl. Mm
3: -hmm. You know,
1: I love you, dark, but you know
3: know I I haven't um I feel like I've I may have watched. I know she was in this movie, but I don't remember watching. It. I think it's because it was so long ago. It was like college probably when I watched this. Right. You have to tap back in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he um drops the restoration, I will be watching that too, because I was like, oh yeah, Rachel True was in that. And I was like, I have seen that movie, but I can't like pinpoint what I remember about it. Right. So I'm, I needed to jog my memory. It's been, you know, over a decade now. So I can't wait to watch that when that comes back out. Um, my recommendations are one movie that I think somebody mentioned earlier, which was National Born Killers. I think like it has the same stylistic quality to it as far as like being like super not just colorful, but it's like a specific like level of like color where it's just like in your face. Mm-hmm. Everything feels like grainy, like you're watching a TV, um, at least a TV back then. <laughs> and we talked about Natural Born Killers a while ago. We paired it with Queen and Slim, Curse Content, but <laughs> Natural Born Killers, I I enjoy watching even if it is quite uh, fucked in, in
2: a Listen, lot of scenes. <laughs> again, I am an Oliver Stone I won't say apologist, but again, he be making freak shit, so you know I'm in there
3: movies for savages, mind.
2: I was in there, the doors oh. I was in there. <laughs> I after War killers i was absolutely in there
3: i saw them finish finished savages i got to wargasms and i was like i might have to table this for tomorrow no you <laughs> no you gotta watch it you, you'll understand yeah is it, is it gratuitous shots of aaron taylor johnson doing anything because i'm yes. down i'm down for yes that. it is so yeah maybe we just gotta mute blake lively's dialogue <laughs> maybe so but That'd absolutely do yes okay okay I will put that back in the list and then I was also going to say which would have been a great pairing until I thought of it like yesterday um was to Mama Tambien oh yeah hmm. I think that I mean aside from the obvious which is like two men, well, not even men, (laughs) two teenagers pair up with a grown woman and tell her that there's like this secret magical beach that only they know. And so they make this cross country trip across Mexico. Um, Just like some of the asides of the movie, like it's not as colorful it's not as like seeped in violence. Like they don't kill people on on the way to this beach, but there's like these random asides that kind of take like ground you in like a reality that i think a lot of people when they talk about the movie they miss because obviously they talk about like this sex movie where like there's a threesome and blah, right. but like when you watch it there's so many questions and wondering about like the identity of mexico and like what does it mean to like be this country with such a history but then there's like parts of it where there's these like very remote places and and there's like a narrator who'll talk about like, yeah, like this is this beach that's so beautiful, but like in a few years, this will be like a a, a resort and these people won't live here anymore. And so you get like these asides that kind of a little bit remind me of Jordan being like, Hey, what's going on here? (laughs) What's going on in the world today? And so I thought that would be a really great movie to watch with this. I think it's a little more like not as high energy and not as colorful at all, but it's such a beautiful movie. I have it. Um, on dvd i kind of I'm too scared to touch it because it's so beautiful <laughs> it's like criterion edition i'm like Please. you gotta wipe your hands off wash your hands before you touch
2: this <laughs> oh if we could do another hour of me talking about like when a good release comes out and you mm-hmm. like don't even want to watch it
3: <sighs> i have several i have there's some of them still shrink rats and i was like you paid a lot of money for this <laughs>
2: Please listen <laughs> oh if i start speaking they'll have me jailed if i start to speak
3: so we're at the end of the episode now, and we want to, once again, thank Mimi for being here with us and talking through this movie with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I don't know if you want the people to follow you, but if you do, let them know where you're at.
2: Absolutely. Um, you can follow me. Listen, now, understand that I am monologuing down on Twitter. I'm just saying anything. Most of the time, if you, like, reply to me, I'm not replying because I just said it and then forgot about it said it and forget (laughs) it word to my insomnia infomercial people exactly but like (laughs) if you would like to experience that you can follow me at very Mimi on Twitter and um if you want to see me looking at myself in the Instagram camera when I drink you can follow me on Instagram at at Mimi Stringfield so (laughs) that's what we got going on right now
3: I love it. I love it. Yes. Following Mimi on on Twitter has been one of the great joys of my life. And I'm so happy that we connected on Twitter because you are hysterical. Thank you.
2: No, I'm so happy to follow y'all because like, I mean, I even said it like when you tapped in with me about doing this, like y'all are some of my favorite people to follow. I feel like in terms of like taste level. We're seeing eye to eye. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? In terms of interest. When we're talking about horror movies, when we're talking about the Arctic monkeys, come on. <laughs> the taste level is
3: unmatched. You guys can also follow us, though. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter for as long as that's still a thing at Black Girl Film. Sorry, BLK Girl Film Club. I never, ever, ever get our name right. Um, we're on Instagram at Black Girl Film Club. Uh, BlackoFilmClub.com. Write us if you watch this movie. If you have watched any other Gregoraki movies, please let us know at blackofilmclub at gmail.com. Also, join our Discord that's happening. <laughs> Come talk to yeah. us. And um, yeah, we. Have some time in between our next episodes. We're gonna be hitting up that Barbie and that app in a minute. <laughs> By Not the time the op. It's up, that that app, I'm making it happen. I've already debuted it to the group chat, and they <laughs> have to suffer. You through workshopped me. it. <laughs> <laughs> I have debuted it. We can make it happen. So we got another month until those movies drop. And we'll probably be talking about Barbie. But in the meantime, listen to all our episodes on uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, any place that you like to listen to podcasts. And I think that's it. I think that's everything. Once again, thank you to Mimi for stopping by. We'd love to have you back um, when we inevitably talk about Crash. Can yes. see Brittany's wheels turning.
0: <laughs> yes,
2: Brittany has been waiting
3: so
1: long to talk about this again.
3: Over a year. Yeah. She the first time she mentioned it, I remember
1: thinking, I was like, oh God, here it comes. <laughs> that is cinema. Oh it is yes. high art. Right. I'm Please, excited. I
2: say having never seen it, but I'm like, I know she's right. <laughs> I know she's right. I believe her. I agree.
3: I'm I'm gonna be around, I'm gonna be here for the ride. I'm gonna be here for the ride. I might be in contemplation, but I will be there. <laughs> in <laughs> contemplation is crazy contemplating <laughs> how good it is maybe i if i if it changes me i will be ready to uh walk back any statements but at this part, <laughs> at this time every time she mentions it, i'm like you want us to watch what again <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all right you guys we're out um everybody say bye bye guys bye, everybody <laughs>